Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. As you know, we set up this thing at patreon.com where people can contribute to our journey, can be part of this process, can pledge $2, $3, $5, $10, $100 a month, and that money goes towards goals that we set up. And we set up this goal, the first goal, of videoing every episode from here on out. And guess what? What's that? Done. 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 Reach that goal. That's, oh yeah, we definitely reached the goal. And we also, we filmed the Russ episode. We filmed the Jesse Reyes episode. We filmed Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review Parasite. We filmed today's episode with Corey Towns. If you want to watch it, it's going to be at youtube.com slash it's the real along with all the other videos. And tomorrow we have a new Two Jews and Two Black Dudes that we're recording. So that will be videoed and some more things yeah. on the way yeah and the cool thing is that goal number one done is done now we have another goal goal number two our next goal well we have two goals and you know they're not competing goals but okay one of them is if we sign up 16 more people yeah then i'm going to send people stickers that's not a goal it is a goal sign up 16 more people oh that's the goal the goal is to sign up 16 more people not for me to send out stickers that's what i thought you meant is the goal the goal is for me to send out stickers okay got it okay so now we're on the same page yeah okay and so then 16 more people and jeff can finally finally send out stickers that's all i wanted to do <laughs> and then the other one is that if we raise 200 dollars more a month right now we're at 800 dollars a month yes if we raise 200 more we're going to start filming sketches the classic it's the real videos that you know and love starring cameron and max b playing scrabble with us and turning slaughterhouse into a boy band and doing a groundhog day video with fallout boy and joe budden and, and on and on and on all those videos that you grew up on that we grew up on we are going to bring them back if we hit that second or third goal i can't remember which is the goal with the stickers the goal is, yeah <laughs> If we raise $1,000, we're going to start sending out stickers. If we get 16 more people to sign up, then we're going to... And it all takes place at patreon.com slash it's the real. Come be a part of this exciting journey along with us. Let's keep this pirate ship afloat. Patreon.com slash it's the real. Jeff, who's on the podcast today? On the podcast today is Corey Towns. Corey is one of the most exciting DJs here in New York. And we are so excited to actually be able to tell his entire story from growing up in Philly to taking a bunch of jobs that he did not love to now finding such success as a DJ and everything beyond. We're so excited to have him up here. It's a great episode. Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right now. You good, Jeff? Yeah. Corey, you good? Yeah. All right, cool. Um... Alright. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Network Infrastructure for Dummies, aka What It Do. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Not That John Blaze, aka John Blase. Fuck, <laughs> <Love>, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not the John Blaze, yeah, but it is the John Blase. Yeah. Yo, what up? It's Corey Towns, aka I'm gonna come to the Upper East Side. First of all, you would never go to the Upper East Side. Oh, West, West Side. Side. That's how you know I don't frequent these parts of town, man. Yeah, it's your third favorite podcast to waste time when it's the real. Corey, what's happening? What's up, y'all? Everything is good, yo. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming through. We Thank appreciate y'all for you. Me. Of course. Upper West Side, not Upper, upper, upper East West Side. Side. My bad. Listen, no, first off, let me tell y'all something, man. Mm, talk about it. Rich. <laughs> yeah. I look around <laughs> no. and it's rich. Like <laughs> the apartment rich. Like you guys have found a way to have the like the type of light bulbs it's yellow light yeah. but it reflects off of all the white in the mm. apartment mm. no pun mm. intended yeah yeah, yeah. seems and like it a pun still yeah, seems yeah. very like yeah. it's crazy in here i'm very happy for rich you guys, forever man. rich forever <laughs> it's art on the walls 
You guys have the war for late night. See, this is this <laughs> is fucking crazy in this here. This is this is Corey speaking from experience being at our old apartment, which yeah. I loved. Uh, thank y'all, you. Y'all, y'all talk shit on. I like the old nah, apartment. It was, no, it was that not was this. like um that that was very small. Yeah, <laughs> Why, yo, there, there was time, a lot of people in a very every small time apartment. You, do that, you, say it's, you still do it with the hands. It's very small. It's yo. very small. Very compact. When when like the Migos came over, or when like you know <laughs> the locks came over, and like you know there's lots of people in the apartments, and everyone's standing around. Not great. How many? Okay, wait. I, I do remember y'all. Y'all yeah. put that. How many people came with the Migos? It was like twenty to thirty. Yeah, it looked Jesus like the All Star game. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't like crib? taking attendance, but it was yeah <laughs> in that crib exactly. How, Here we could actually did, fit people. Did, did yeah. They, did they tell you that many people was coming? No. No. So what? like, okay, we were still cooking for people. Yeah. At, 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 wait, y'all cook for people? I ain't get cooked for. No. Oh, First don't of all, you start. you were wow. there <laughs> in the beginning. We cooked for. Well, I mean, we we made something for. Bridget Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when true. you share that episode. Oh, with okay, her. So, okay. So yeah, I was, so this because is because I was the lower tier of that. Technically, episode, yeah, I didn't get the food. Okay, this yeah. is Corey's third time on the podcast because uh, you were two, two you, you were there. You were there for. Uh, I was to, in the background for mouses. You were in the background yeah. of mouses, yeah. and you were also there for the Bridget Kelly episode. Yeah. But now you get your own episode. I get my own episode. And I, man. I, I want to start off with this because I have a question because our guy Tommy, our photographer, Tommy had just sent this GIF on our group chat starring r kelly in it and i was like this is this is not allowed like we've we've canceled this gif we were at jeff and i went to our friend marcia's uh birthday she had a karaoke birthday party and mm-hmm. i said to jeff i was like would this be bad if we just pulled out <laughs> some some r kelly song is that canceled too absolutely 100%. and then and then when it comes up i just point to someone else and blame them like yeah <laughs> <laughs> they did that i don't know who picked this yeah would you would you is it still okay to sing or not? No, it's, it's yeah. Just a you can't no. listen to it. Like it's it's funny. It's one of those things. You're a DJ. Where, you can't play it. Fuck no. I yeah. would never play any R. Kelly. Like, yeah, no. Like it's it's. Would you sing "Step in the Name of Love"? So, I know <laughs> one thing that happens. I know one thing that happens, kind of like in my crib, somewhat often, is that like somehow like if it's me and like my roommates and we'll like like somebody will just start like humming something or a melody and not know where it's from or not know where it came from. And it's like you realize it's, it's it's Robert, and you're just like fuck. I can't sing that <laughs> shit no more. Like, and you just be like, like somehow I'm the world's greatest, and you'd yeah. be like, what the fucking damn? Yeah. And you just can't, like, you know, it's it's a dub, man. Like, even uh, yeah. even down downloads a great karaoke song. It's, it's, so so my my shit with R. Contagious. Great great. It's, Contagious great is like song. a Broadway Yo, show. I, so so I, what I, what I will say is is this. I think Contagious might be one of the only R. Kelly records that still kind of gets played. Only because of the dramatics of that last verse with uh, Mr. Big and... Um, but is it technically... It's technically like an Isley Brothers song, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's not even like an R. Kelly song. So we can get away, we can get away with what, it? I, I, I still <laughs> hear that out. Like, I, I've still... I've heard that out in the last maybe like two or so years. Um, yeah, like, you know, what the hell is going on? Twin sheets up in my the home. The craziest like, thing is that R. Kelly's been bad for years, right? Yeah. Like, so it's not just like the last two years. It's just like since. <laughs> so so what, what I always like, because I remember the point where people, a lot more people were still kind of like caving for him in a sense. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, we don't know. And, da, da, da. Yeah. and I looked at it like this. I'm just like, I could see it if R. Kelly's crimes or alleged crimes back then was robbing a bank, was credit card fraud, was killing someone even like if it's something that you know is like okay like you can kind of try and separate the music from the crime right like bro i can't i can't listen to my mind's telling me no but my body's telling me yes and and not wonder who was the inspiration for that record sure like 
at that point, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, nah, fuck him. Like, right. it's, it's, it's over. Like, yeah. you know, someone even asked a question the other day in my in my house was like, yo, if 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 none of this had ever happened, would R. Kelly be the greatest? I want to make sure I say it right. I want to say maybe songwriter or not songwriter, the greatest like R&B talent ever. And we're like, probably so. Yeah, yeah. because now if you think about it, you know. I don't really remember when R. Kelly stopped making popular music like people thought was popular. Right. But if none of this ever happened, you're looking at at least another maybe five, six years of his career of potential hits. So it's like, yeah, absolutely he'd be there. But I mean, fuck him. But also like the Michael (laughs) stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Mike, Woody Woody Allen, Harvey Weinstein. It's, 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 It's interesting to see how and where people move goalposts in that way. Um, because you know you do get and, it's, and that's something that I've learned kind of even with DJing. Uh, I remember I DJed a place at the end of last year. It was for a homie's birthday, and um, the venue and it was something I've never seen before. The venue, like once he kind of told the venue, like yo, it's gonna be me and my two homies uh, DJing for us. Um, this is these are the guys. So when they sent out their like you know invoice forms for payment, they also sent like a DJ like kind of like kit or like a dj one sheeter and i remember he sent it to us and i was like bro i ain't never like seen this before and it basically was like it was a lot of it was stupid like if someone comes up to you for a request don't be a dick and we're like man fuck that like wait these are like studio rules it was like <laughs> like rules like if you're gonna dj at our venue here's the rules mm-hmm. and and on the last page it said here's music you can't play r kelly music michael jackson i want to say katie perry what did um, Katie do? Yo, yo. That, the, like, it was, was a point. Did this go straight to the top? Yo. It was like, I swear, it was like, it was like, it was, it was R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, Katy Perry. Um, I want to say Miley Cyrus. And in, in, in the Miley Cyrus, it said. She even knows the, what she did. Even, even the, in Miley Cyrus, it was like, even the, and the Dangerous song was on. Like, you can't mm. play that. Like, whatever that song was. Like, Party in the USA. Yeah, like, and, and Party in the USA. And I just remember, like, the three of us were talking through text, and we were just like, dog, like, I remember asking them, like, yo, have y'all ever, like, gotten one of these before? And they was like, no. And I was like, I kind of respect it, but, like, I kind of don't. And what ended <laughs> up happening is, is that that night, um, I think it wasn't during my set. I think it was during my man Aunt Blue set. He played, he played a gospel record. I forgot what it was. It wasn't Melodies from Heaven, um, but he played something. And one of the bartenders thought it was R. Kelly. This kind of shows where the place was. Like, yeah. temperament with the place was. Like, uh-huh. it was very white-leaning, but, like, we want black culture in here type shit. And one of the bartenders, a white bartender, thought he heard R. Kelly. Because apparently gospel sounds like R. Kelly. And told the manager. So the manager apparently comes up to Blue and he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I like what you're doing, man. But, like, and give him, like, the tap on the arm as he's doing it. I like what you're doing, man. But, you know, like. Don't play, you know, you can't play no R. Kelly in here. And if anybody knows Ant, he's like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And like they kind of he brought it to, you know, the two of us. And we were just like, oh yeah, man, like fuck this place, man. Like, you know, if you can't like and the funny thing is that when like they came back up to us and like at the end of the night, and he was like, Yo, you guys killed it, man. We want to have you guys back. You know, I know that little snafu earlier. And we was like, yo, there wasn't no fucking <laughs> snafu, dog. Like right. we didn't, we don't play that shit. Like not only do we not play it as DJs have morals, but like 
if y'all told us that we respect what y'all wishes are we didn't play that shit neither right and they were just like oh man like well i'm gonna talk to him and the one black bartender that was back there he was like we know you didn't play no fucking r kelly like so when the manager came around and asked like did you guys hear it they were like no fucking stupid fuck r kelly <laughs> 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 all right let's go let's go back to the to the very go, be- yeah the, man. to the very beginning i think everybody in the world knows where you're originally from but yes where are you originally from i'm born and raised in southwest philadelphia pennsylvania um i've been living in, in brooklyn new york uh for now this will make seven years yeah um, when yeah. you get to 10, I think that makes you a real New Yorker. Yeah, they give you sweatpants. Do you have to? <laughs> do you uh, have are to, they text? Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. gotta be the text mm-hmm. with the good zipper. Mm-hmm. But Philly. <laughs> Philly. Yo, what's the most Philly thing? Like, not popular. I'm just talking like real, like, Philadelphians really fuck with. A not real? not like oh. cheesesteaks, not like Citizens Bank Park. Just hmm. something like if you go to Philly, you're just like that's. It feels like a BuzzFeed post. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might be from Philly if. Uh, what's something that? And you know, it's funny. Um, me being up here seven years, Philly has grown and changed a lot in these seven years. Like, do you what? think from, it's like because you left? Yeah, pretty much. You were holding <laughs> it back. Oh yeah, I, I held the city back. 100%. <laughs> um, no, nah, man. Like Philly, be started to become a destination for millennials in the sense of. Um, you know, if I can move to a major city but not pay New York prices, I'm right. moving to Philly. Mm. Um, and it's close enough to New York that you can, like, you know, Close dip enough in. to New York to yeah. dip in and out. Like, it, it became a place where, you know, it's weird. Like, I remember when, like, the first couple of years of me, like, just going back home and meeting transplants. You never saw that shit. Like, if you moved to Philly, like, you either you moved to Philly because, you know, like, your partner moved you there, your partner's from Philly or shit like that. So I remember, like, oh, yeah, I'm from... I'm from New York, or I'm from Georgia, or I'm from Pittsburgh. You like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> or, or you went to school at like Temple or mm-hmm. UPenn or or Drexel or something like that, and you just never left. Yeah. Um, but no, to answer your question, something that is very Philly that like people know to like really fuck with. Uh, off the top of my head, I would probably say water ice. I don't. I think water ice is a is a something that is very Philadelphia and probably like South Jersey. But South Jersey swears it's fucking Philadelphia. <laughs> is um, that Italian ice? Yeah, but it's different. Like water ice, in theory, it's Italian ices. Um, I know wild shit is that you guys had a Rita's near here. We yeah. did. Yeah, Rita's is is like Rita's is water ice. Like <laughs> just the consistency of it is so yeah, I didn't smoother like it. than <laughs> what? No. And Rita's was fire. Well, I, Rita's was fire. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I was glad when it went away. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was talking. Like, you and Loki are like the only people that I know that are like Yo, fuck with that. Rita's Rita's hits like, on a summer day. No thanks. Like I was talking. I was talking <laughs> no. to my roommate. I was talking to Chris. And you know he's from Philly too, and Shout I, to I mentioned I mentioned like the the readers up here, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh yeah, they closed that shit down, my boy." And yeah. I was like, "What? Yeah, like, yeah. fuck you, who's readers?" But like, it's like readers, <laughs> no, there's a no fly zone up here for readers. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, it doesn't. It, <laughs> the Italian ice is got the water ice the fuck out of here, man. Um, but no, nah, like you know, what I mean, it's it's you know they would have like actual like fruit and shit in it, so the mango water mm-hmm. ice would have mango. Oh, in so it. it was healthy. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> um, but it was, it was it's, yeah, like it's it's water ice is fire, like you know, and they have like actual like hood, um, water ice spots. It's like Joe's, Maroni's, and like West Philly, um, yeah. So like like water ice off the top of my head. What's the difference between West Philly and and Southwest Philly? Um, Cobb, South Philly. Cobb's Creek Parkway. Okay, so so <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> so the question is, what's the difference between West Philly, Southwest, and South Philly? Yeah. Um, I think West Philly and Southwest are are somewhat alike, um, especially uh, as far as like people. 
Um, Southwest Philly gets a very bad rap. Like people always kind of shit on Southwest and say like it's wild down there and it's like it's shitty and dirty. But fuck y'all. <laughs> um, and like West Philadelphia, you know, just because of history and just because of uh, you know everybody who's from there, you know, just always has a very positive rap. Like you know, West Philly's a you know it's a cool. I want to say it's a cool part of town, but like West is West and West is cool. And people from West and Southwest are like pretty similar. South Philly. <laughs> okay. Chill, chill. I didn't go to South Philly unless I had homies from South Philly. Because mm. South Philly is just a, a notoriously like, I mean, and there's so many different like cultural backgrounds that make up South Philly. Like, South Philly was very heavy on like, you know, like a lot of Italians live down South Philly. So, like, anyone that ever comes to Philly and you get the cheesesteaks and stuff like that, the gentrified shits, the Pats. And I feel bad because Pats used to be John Blaze, but Pats is not John Blaze. <laughs> now no it's more. John Blaze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Geno's is fuck Geno's because Geno's <laughs> has always been racist and Geno's right? never like, yeah, Geno's, Geno's is not like black people in a sense. Um, Ishka Bibbles. Ishka Bibbles is, is, so I was raised off Ishka Bibbles. Like, mm-hmm. my dad, um, you know, if you've ever been to Philly, you know South Street. South Street, you know, at one point in time, and probably still is, is like art was like one of our main strips of just like activity. It's mad stores, mad restaurants. There's a Fat Tuesdays down there, which I didn't start taking advantage of until like maybe like three years ago, <laughs> not, not really understanding how crazy the fucking drinks are. Um, it's a spot called Copa's that I would definitely recommend for you guys. It's like a Mexican restaurant, but the margaritas there are chef's kiss. <laughs> um, but no, so like like my dad used to live maybe about literally five minutes away from South Street. He used to live on Delaware Avenue. Mm. Um, so like if you ever if you're ever in that area and you're driving uh, on Delaware Avenue, you see like a Dave and Buster's. You see like the Schuylkill, um, the Schuylkill River, the Ben Franklin Bridge, and everything like that. My dad used to live off the water. So for me, whenever I would like go and kick it with him, we would always go to Ishkabibbles. So you know I was always good with you know the cheesesteaks or the chicken cheesesteaks, the Gremlin. Um, which is a, like anybody that goes to Philly and like, oh, Corey, what do I need to do? I just tell them, go get a gremlin. And they're like, what the fuck is a gremlin? And I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was a roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn near, it takes you on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> okay. Um, like, I remember uh, Raven. So I remember we went, um, did you guys go to that Meek Mill concert like way back, like four or five years ago? In uh, Philly? No, yeah. I don't we, think so. I, we were invited, but we didn't go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. big time. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Um, we had other things to do. <laughs> oh, big time. <laughs> we had other things to do. I had to do my fucking laundry. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, nah, so I remember, uh, I want to say Rock Nation put it on. I might be wrong, but I remember um, Rock Nation had bust down a couple, maybe like 20 writers and shit from up here, um, put us on a bus to when Meek had his like celebratory concert. I remember yeah. this. For real, for real. And it's funny that that concert essentially started the Meek and Drake beef because Drake was supposed to come. I think it was some sort of miscommunication in which Drake was bus? supposed to... Yeah, he was supposed to be on a bus. So he was supposed to next to He was supposed to drive the bus. Yeah, yeah. he fucked up. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, nah, Drake was supposed to come... Like It was like a Meek and Friends type deal. Right, yeah. right. And um, Drake was supposed to show up. And it was, it was some miscommunication... And Drake didn't show up, and that's kind of what started all that shit. Yeah. But I remember um, on the ride, like, they took us to Ishka Bibbles. And me and Chris, my roommate, um, you know, b- back at that time, we were, like, really writing and, like, music writers and stuff like that. And we basically took this entire group of New Yorkers. And with, <laughs> everybody kind of looked at us like, all right, y'all from Philly, so what do we do? And we were just like, yo, just get the cheesesteak, get the gremlin. You'd be good. Raven fucking loves the gremlin. Like, <laughs> She loves that shit, like to the point, and like, like she all she'll hold a special place in my heart for this shit. Like, I got sick 
um, I broke my leg and got sick like three years ago. Mm. I and, I, and I was in the hospital. And she came to see me. And she basically brought the ingredients of how to make a gremlin to me in the hospital. And I'll That's never awesome. forget that shit. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, man, like, you know, Ishka Bibbles is kind of like my number one. I mean, and, you know, the funny thing is, is that as Philly is a very, Philly is might be one of the best and one of the most unheralded food cities in the, in the country. Um, so, like, as different cultures kind of move in and different, you know, just different people, um, you see kind of the food, the food kind of like grow. Philly has a very big Islamic community, and mm. it ha- always has, at least for definitely for my generation. Um, you know, came naturally. You know, some can also you know attribute it to like, you know, a lot of people. You know, back in like the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, going to jail, coming back. You know, after you know converting to Islam and stuff like that. So you know, everybody's not eating you know unclean meat right. yeah. or non halal meat or stuff like that. So you like the uh, in like the uptown part of our city. They have spots that make like seafood cheesesteaks or salmon cheesesteaks. And that was something new to me that I never had until like I moved up here. Like some of my friends that I've gotten closer with who are from up there who know some of these spots. It's this place called Mount Airy Deli that has a seafood cheesesteak. It is the most John Blaze shit. No John Blaze. It is the most John Blaze shit. It's like salmon and like they take like crab meat and like. They put shrimp on it, like it's fire, and it's to the point like. Before, but there's cheese on top of that, so they would put um. Because like I don't know about cheese and cheese and, and seafood. Yeah. It sounds weird. Right. So, no, it w- it would be so most spots. That's how you know if a spot is like a like a real cheesesteak spot. Most spots put the cheese on the bottom. So what they'll do is, is that they'll have like the meat cooking on the grill. They'll uh-huh. put the cheese on top of this it. This feels like a very small distinction. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, cheese like, on top of the seafood and cheese below the seafood. Well, well I mean, more so just like I guess cheesesteak. In a sense, etiquette in a way, like they'll they'll put the cheese on the on the meat on the grill. The cheese will melt, and then the way they scoop it is that they scoop it from the bottom and place it cheese side down in the bun. Mm-hmm. I think with that spot they do I, like um, not horseradish. What's like the spicy cheese? pepper jack? Okay, mm-hmm. hits hits. I know it sounds weird. Like I I would advocate for it. I I put a stamp on it. Like I remember I had like a food show that I was trying to get them on mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And, like, you know, they're a little stuck in their older ways. So I called them telling them, like, hey, you know, I'm such and such. You know, I'm from Philly. You yeah, know, do I you know who the show. fuck I am? <laughs> they were like, what? We don't do none of that shit. And hung up on me. And I was just like, okay. You know, Here's a little really amateur question. Me. Yeah. If you put the cheese below the meat <laughs> and you flip the sandwich upside down. <laughs> that is what she said? No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> put it in post. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what, was, what was growing up in Philly like? Amazing. Um, you know, it was, it was, it's one of those places for me and like coming up in the late nineties, early two thousands and all through the two thousands, like growing up and being outside in Philly, I think gave me and a lot of like, of like my peers and people who kind of came up in that time, a great sense of street awareness, um, at the, at the, like the, that end of the scale. Um, but also just allowed you to have like fun. Like growing up in Philly was fun as shit. Like I, I uh, you know, like through high school and stuff like that. You know, I, I worked in this spot called the Gallery. It was a, um, it's basically like a mall that we had that was kind of connected to like a big train station, um, in the middle of the city or whatever. And I worked in this sneaker store called Ubic, which is I didn't know at the time was like one of the top sneaker boutiques in the world. Um, so like you know I always had like a cool job and shit. Were you a salesman? Yeah, I was a salesman. Were you good? I was nice. Um, and it's funny, like, when I think back to 
like I, we always talk about like yo um they should do a fucking documentary on just ubic and like ubic at that point because all the people that work there like you know i work there um my man gianni lee who's an incredible you know visual artist now like me and him you know we're best friends for well over 15 years um he worked there that's where we met um my man jimmy gorecki who was a big time skateboarder Yo, yeah. jimmy was like my like, and makes his own shoes and, and yeah like yeah. sweatpants jsp yeah. and yeah. all that like jimmy gorecki worked there like it was crazy and you know there was two galleries there was one in i mean no, i'm sorry there was two ubix there was one in the actual gallery and they moved to walnut street which is kind of like our bigger more more premier more nicer like shopping district and um you know, Uvic was the start of, of really like what streetwear and sneaker culture was in the city. It was other spots, but Uvic has kind of always maintained that kind of longevity and is still like rocking. Yeah. Um, was that your first job? My first job was working at a place called Kingpin um, near Broad and it, it was a sneaker store. Uh, it was dope. It was, you know, this is back when like Rockaware and um, state property clothes was like big. So like I remember like in Broad and was a very popping like transportation depot and that part in the, in, northern part of the city um so like high school wise and stuff like that like you would go from broad Nani and like scatter to wherever you lived so it was always something happening there was always people up there there's always girls there there's always fights there <laughs> <laughs> um but even i remember like back then that's when like you know uh you know state prop was like big yeah. so like you would get chris neef and all those guys coming into kingpin you know commission checks to be crazy they will always ask for a fresh pair of butters which is him's mm -hmm. um you know the jeans and shit like that like it was dope were was, you wearing all state property stuff absolutely man all I, huge I, sizes i feel bad man like yo i went to a thrift store in bushwick like three years ago and i found a state property jacket in there and i was about to buy it when i tell you that shit it was a 2x yeah i can get away with wearing a 2x jacket that <laughs> shit was the biggest 2x like the sizing scale was yeah. completely off yeah um and I, I just couldn't fit that shit and just make that shit look good. Uh, but, like, it was dope. Like, you know, like, I remember everybody used to make fun of, like, you know, like, the state property used to have the little stash pockets and shit. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. That's when New Balance 5.7, was it 5.75s or 5.74s was, like, popping and stuff. Dicky suits of, like, you know, the Dicky shirt and pant top and bottoms. Like, growing up in Philly back in, like, the early 2000s was, like, the shit. Did yeah. your parents ever, like, question your, your fashion, like, you know, sense? Were they like, yo, like question it? No, uh, trim it down. <laughs> no, not at all. And the funny thing is, I think you know, because I have young parents. You know, my my mom was nineteen when she had me. My dad was twenty two, and um, my so I have like I have cool parents. Like, mm -hmm. like my parents like my dogs now. Essentially, like you know, just I can say something to them culturally specific, and they just completely understand. But like, I remember, um, so my dad is is was and is but obviously he's toned down really big into sneakers and i was stupid and i was a kid so for some reason i thought that my feet were growing at like a crazy pace at one point i thought i wore a size 13. <laughs> do not fucking ask. i Wait, wear what a is size, your actual size i wear a size like 11. back then i might have <laughs> been like a 10 10 and a half i yeah. might have been like maybe 15 16. so you know, it was a classic case of like, yo, you don't wear a 13, dude. Like, I know you don't. And I'm like, yeah, I do, I do. Like, I'm literally like with my own money buying size 13 shoes. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> so my dad, you know, he's big into sneaks. Um, One day he came, he came, he's like, I got something for you. And he had a size 13 Jordan 12, if I'm not mistaken. But they were Derek Anderson player exclusives. 
And like these shits was fire, like <laughs> fire. I was like, oh, they just clean. Like, like I was like, you know, for me it was the thing. It was like, yo, I know no one's gonna have these. Yeah, I put them shits on. Them bitches was boats. <laughs> and like he looked at me with a like almost like stupid. I told you you didn't wear the size. <laughs> um, so I mean, if not for nothing else, like my parents definitely like kind of like guided me in certain ways of like you know just like fashion and stuff like that. Like I remember. Um, you know, with him being big in the sneakers, my dad brought me a pair of Bapes. I was like, like I was my junior year of high school. Wow. So this is 2004. Wow. Early. Early. Like, yeah. you know, for him, he would always go to Japan and always go to Hong Kong. And like, he would know the guys that like are really big in the scene out there. And like, we'll just come home with mad shoes. Yeah, like, give me all the size 13s. Yeah, he, let's like, go. Like, my, <laughs> yo, <laughs> damn near. And it's funny too, cause like, like even looking back on it, like his shoe game was so crazy. Because he would also go to like the UK and like when they would get sneakers six months in advance back then, um, was like JD Sports. Like he would know he would know like get all the, the exclusives there. He used to get all the Air Force ones with the jewel check and shit. Like he like had the flavors. So I remember he bought me these babes and he was like, "Yo, like I just want you to know these are probably some of the most exclusive shoes out." And they were orange. They were orange and white, and they were patent leather. And he bought me in the same. He gave me those. And he gave me the Mesquite Air Force Ones, which mm. hadn't touched the streets yet. And, like, I don't even know if they were officially known as the Mesquines, but, like, Mesquine was a, a Philly brand that did, like, if you remember back in, like, the early 2000s, like, all the rappers had, like, T-shirts with man, like, damn near Picasso paint drawings and shit on it. That yeah. was Mesquine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, if you that, you the fucking man. Yeah. Just with the Mesquine drawings alone. I remember I wore those babes <laughs> in school. I got clowned to high heaven. Yeah, because nobody understood what no the fuck they were. No one knew what the fuck they were. Yeah. They were like, yo, why the fuck do your Air Forces uh, have a star yo. on it and a, and like a cartoon on the back? They teased me like shit. <laughs> and I remember just being like, yo, I thought this was the John Blaze, dog. Uh, like, what happened? <laughs> a week later, was not Mr. Me Too. What what was the what was the Wayne? Ooh. What was the Wayne <laughs> record that he had all the bait the Wayne video he had all the bait on? Hustler music. The Hustler music video came out. All he has is babe shit on, yeah, babe yeah. the nape jacket, the babe sneaks. I wore them joints the <laughs> next day. And everybody was like, yo, what the fuck? How'd you get them? Da, 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 da. And that really just showed, that was like a very early lesson fuck looking you? back on yeah. it. Yeah. You? That was yeah. definitely fuck you, fuck yeah, you, yeah. fuck you. You're cool. Yeah. You're yeah. cool, dog. Like, yo, you really was just like, yo, what are those? Like, you more so asked me that instead of like talk shit. Yeah. Um, but no, that really just told me, yo, like, as far as like fashion and shit like that, like, do what you want, do what you feel. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes around, comes around type shit. Were and, you super into Mitchell and that stuff or was that like did Jay like just shut it down um no I, I was no more matchy matchy I won't even I won't even say, I mean I was a kid at the time so like yeah I def once once the declaration of no more <laughs> no more throwbacks over jeans and button ups I was like oh well I guess <laughs> that's what the fuck we doing y'all like I remember um my dad was on the road and when we went to Canada and it was my first time in Canada for my 17th birthday and um, we were in Montreal. We were in Montreal the day of my 17th birthday. And you can be, I think you can be 18 and get in the club in Canada. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like, it was the first, you know, for me it's like the club. So I'm like, oh, I'm in the fucking club. Like I was with my pops and shit, but I'm like, yeah. I'm the fucking man. I never forget, I had a light blue button up shirt, way too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a- Or not big enough. Or not big enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a light blue pair of Azure denim. Mm. 
<laughs> I had white on white Air Force Ones, and I had an NBA All-Star Game headband. That was the fit. That was the fit, dog. Like, yo. This is oh, such yo, a specific time. Yo, I remember being in Montreal. Like, I laid my shit out on the bed in the hotel and yeah. was like, I'm about to fuck them up. I'm fucking them up today. And I went, yo, and like, I Did feel like you the in the club. Man. I mean, I was with my dad, so of course like, they let yeah. us in. But I just remember my dad was gonna be like, look at this motherfucker over here, man, think he's fucking Jay-Z and shit. Grown in sexy vibes. Yo, like, I'm thinking like, yo, that's that's it, bro. That's, that's what we on now. Like, you ain't get the fucking memo? Just one headband? Just one. I, yo, I, I could never be that nasty and do the, uh, and do the double, the double joint. Like, that's nasty work, man. Like. Yeah. Anybody that did that, anybody that did like Tommy. I think Tommy, you did the doubles. I can see Tommy doing the double head back in the day. Like it was like it's I think even back then there was like some sort of like that's like early athleisure. Yeah. yeah Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. so no, no, that's, that's I'll, I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, allow yeah, it, fam. Yeah, yeah. I'll allow that. That's 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 quality. Like that was perseverance in that point. But like, if you did like, okay, like, there are certain rules you could and couldn't do. If yeah. you wore like the um, and it's wild too, man. Like, where the fuck were we getting all this money from? Because them jerseys, <laughs> like the authentic game, oh. like when they used to trade them shits, yeah. that shit was real. Like I remember, I traded my my navy blue, and I wish I still had this fucking jersey, but it's probably too big. I remember I traded my navy blue. Dallas Mavericks Michael Finley jersey Ooh. authentic for an authentic white Jason Kidd Nets and a white Cincinnati Bengals Corey Dillon which is a crazy like yeah that was a good deal yeah, like like, yeah. like we, both sides won on the deal yeah like you know no cash exceptions it was right. like it was straight swap but I do remember like yo like, there's certain shit you just couldn't do like you couldn't wear like the the snap away warm-up pants Yep. Without no like ball shorts underneath, yeah, like you can't just be like that's nasty work because if somebody decides to like pants you, yeah, oh yo you 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 done. out here drawless like that's, that's that's nasty work. Yeah, the double wristbands was nasty work. <laughs> um, nah, double wristbands was nasty work. Adidas headbands nasty work. Mm -hmm. Like if you didn't have the Nike joint, like come on, that's that's, that's wild. Nike or NBA? Wait, what do you think about these kids now who are wearing like two brands? Mm. Okay, so I think that's the most like. Offensible crime you could ever fucking do, and like, that's why they do. And that, that you know, shows you know, me. We, oh yeah, that shows me. That shows me that you don't have. That shows me you don't. We opened up talking about R. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about brand allegiance. No, that's like that's like the biggest. That's like one of the biggest faux pas. Like I can ever like, like that shows me you don't have no old heads and no one to guide you in life. Like, mm, right. like that's one thing that I learned early on, just subconsciously. Like, yo, if you have on a Nike something, you better have more Nike something on your feet. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. to the point now where like if I'm if I'm going outside. And if I if I'm wearing like I I, I like a little bit more kind of like not minimalistic shit but like the more simple shit like I wear my fucking New Balance nine seven fours like the most recent drop like nobody's business it's more comfortable shoe like mm -hmm. I love wearing it when fresh I goods you know whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout, man shout out to my dog Joe yeah, 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 for an yeah. amazing weekend in Chicago yeah. he killed that shit from what I saw mm -hmm. um, but if I'm wearing my New Balances like I will go out my way to find socks that are not Nike like two socks. Mm. I can't do it because like and no one will ever see it like right. I'm, yeah. you're wearing jeans you're wearing pants or something but you know in your heart no yeah, yeah. if somebody comes up to you and takes your shoes off <laughs> or, says, if, or hey, if i gotta or if i gotta walk, or if I, let's say if i'm going to like a function or like a like a house party or kickback or some shit mm -hmm. and they have like a shoes off policy mm -hmm. now i'm looking i'm sweating mm -hmm. because i'm like fuck i'm wearing these nike socks with my new balance 
I hope no one like, damn, dog, nobody that's, connects. That's the, how you giving it oh, up. Those like, are your shoes yeah. all the way. Yeah, over there. yeah, man. Just, yeah, no. That's, when that's, you travel through the airport, mm. are you a slides guy? Now I am. Mm. Now I am. You had to grow I, into I used that. To, I had to I'm grow that, into it. Nah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't. Like, yo, if you if you go into if you go to the airport in like a full fit with like a belt and shit, yo, you're like. <laughs> No, you're there's something there's yeah. something really fucking wrong with you. Right. Like once yeah. I started getting into the point where I started getting like like not necessarily expensive but high quality like sweats, like tech fleece yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, just regular sweatpants and sweatsuits and shit like that. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck. It's supposed that. to be comfortable when you fly. Can I tell y'all what I just got into though? Motherfucking Birkenstocks? <laughs> Where the fuck was I? Uh, like, I <laughs> sorry, I, I know, I know, you guys are probably the wrong people to ask about fucking Burks. Like, you probably were born with a pair of Burks. First of all, no. by bedside. Yeah, yeah, don't be rude. But yeah. like, come on, no. don't, be, be don't be rude. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. we're white, but no. <laughs> Yo, but Burke is like to the point. I, I used to. Like, I'm so not into sandals in any form or fashion. No. Really? Yeah, yeah no. no. Mm-mm. You guys might be the first two white men I've ever heard say that. At all? <laughs> Wait, at all? No. At all, yeah. No. Never had Burks. Let me t- okay, let me I tell never you had something. sandals. I did listen to Dave Matthews. I didn't. I didn't wear Burks, though. Mm-mm. Damn, that's a t- that's a kind of like going I, against I know, the, you I went know. against the grain. Like, did, yeah. Wait, Dave Matthews, no sandals. Like, <laughs> you pushed against but each other. But if you were to wear sandals, would you wear them with socks? No. See that that whiteness, the whiteness yeah, I know, I know, I know, the whiteness yeah, kicked yeah, in. Like yeah. it was kind of like <laughs> no, it was a I moment. Like, it's like, Ugh, no. <laughs> I feel like the whiteness is to wear sandals with socks. No, white people wear their toes out at any given time. Sure, it was it was forty five degrees, fifty degrees yesterday, and I saw like you saw some toes. Oh man, they could they was ready to wild out. T shirts, <laughs> like they use it as an excuse of like, oh, I'm running. No, no, like it's not that warm outside. Right. Like no, but yo, Birkenstocks, dog, like. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't like. Were you big into Tivas? Fuck is that? <laughs> that's that's, See, a, that's, that's some too, real white that's shit. Too yeah. <laughs> that's too meta. That's too meta. That's some real white shit. All right. So gr- growing up in Philly, yeah. uh, it was it was you. Mm-hmm. Any siblings? Uh, I'm the oldest. You're I'm the, the oldest. oldest by ten. Well, starting at ten years. So I have a younger sister. She's ten years younger than me. I have a younger brother. He is 12 years younger than me, and I have a set of twins, brother and sisters, and they are 22 years younger than me. So for 10 years, yeah, it's, it's, it's King it's Corey. You. It's your boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like, are you are you good at sharing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think um, I think having those 10 years by myself really like kind of prepped me for having siblings, and then on top of that, it's like. You know, she was a girl, so obviously we didn't need a lot of the same things. Um, and like, man, I just think the age gap is kind of yeah. just like, yeah, she ain't really get cutting into my shine, cutting into right. There's not that much competition. Yeah, and then like, like, yeah. It's and, almost like you probably like became like sort of like a paternal figure as well, even though like obviously mm-hmm. you're not actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely became like the big brother to like all my siblings at a certain point in time, yeah. where it's just like, like oh yeah, like you know when you have when you talk to people that have like that big age gap between siblings, it's kind of like oh yeah, like especially now like me going to, you know, see my I went to see my father this past weekend, um and saw the twins and like they're ten and they're grown and shit now. I'm like damn dog, like <laughs> I remember like when like you wouldn't let me hold you and you were just like all over me, and I find myself kind of doing things that like the parents don't do. Like my little brother, I'm like yo man, tilt your head up, like walk straight, like. Yeah. Like little jab to the chest, little stuff like that. So it's weird, but it's like because I, I realize I'm doing what I'm doing afterwards. But I'm like, damn, that's pretty cool. 
Did you grow up? So, okay, obviously uh, your father was very into music. Mm -hmm. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff. Greatest DJ in the world. Facts. Greatest DJ in the world. Did he bring music home or did he not want to, like, have that be his Um, 24-7? I think, I mean, my, my household was always a music household. My mother and my father relationship wise didn't work out um, when I was fairly young, but they always held it down. I, I never had, you know, it was, I never saw a tumultuous side of their relationship, even with them not being involved with each other romantically. Um, but I think music was always, or my mom was a rapper actually. Is that right? Um, yeah, she, like, she, like she was, you know, she was kind of on the come up as far as like, you know, like the scene, like I remember like there's a, three year age difference between my mom and my dad. So like, I think when they met, she was kind of just starting to pop where like, my dad was on the cusp of like, I guess like kind of like blowing in yeah. a sense. Um, You were born when? 87. Okay. So, so like, yeah. I was like, I was born, my dad was on tour. My dad told me, he always tells me shit. He's like, yo, like, I got the call that you were born and I was in Cincinnati and I was like, that's fucked up. like. Not necessarily he wasn't there, but Cincinnati yeah. of all Shout places. Shout out to that Corey Dillon jersey, though. Yeah. <laughs> Full fucking circle. <laughs> um, but no, he, he told me. like He like he, he was like, yo, like, they called me, and they were just like, yeah, you know, you have a son, 10 fingers, 10 toes, he's mad healthy, and like he kind of walked in with like the, I got a baby yeah. boy, man, yeah. like, you know, type shit like that. But um, So music's always in the household? Music's always been, like, I remember just, you know, my, like, like any black household like saturday mornings you clean the crib it's mad music in there mm-hmm. anita baker um anita baker tina marie yep mm. um uh uh soul to soul mm. i remember mad soul to soul in the crib yeah like my mom was really into like that type of like genre of, like i guess that'd be r&b mm-hmm. um so like even without my dad's influence in that way music has always been around but like for from him i he always press the issue for me to listen to like other types of music like what i will say is growing up in philly back at that time and probably any other city during that time it was a lot of closed-mindedness um you know black people were only supposed to kind of like black shit uh and my dad was definitely not that like i remember kind of being in the, in the car with him you know riding on 95 picking me up from my house taking me to his and like you know he would have like house music on or like he would have like uh, like Brazilian like funk music and like shit like that playing in the car, and I remember just not knowing what it was. But I remember being like, "Yo, this shit sounds ill." Hmm. And even like when it, at that point, um, you know, like in my early teenage years of just like, you know, exploration, exploration of yeah. shit. Yeah, like, and I remember there was there was that 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 intersection of like popular culture at the time where like BT and MTV basically ruled anything we ever did. I remember kind of like not not leaning towards MTV mm-hmm. but like I definitely remember just being like yo like I know all this shit on BET I know all the hip hop and rap and R&B and stuff but like yo the shit they got like I don't know what this rock and roll shit is but this shit is fire like um I remember the first song that like really 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 got me on the MTV was Butterfly by uh <laughs> fuck oh I can't remember the are name you, are you talking about Crazy Town? Yes. <laughs> I fucking loved that song when I like I heard that song and you know what it was and and I realize it now. I no, I don't know what it was. No, I realize it now. Come my lady, come, come yeah. my lady, young Give a butterfly, butterfly, sugar, baby. baby. Like yo, come, my lady, come I don't know when you guys are dropping this. If you guys hear me play that at a function coming up, 
this is the reason why because I don't have that. I record. take no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do not well, no. put that on me. What I, what I realized is back back during that point. So this is like what, like maybe like ninety eight, ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Alternative music. I oh, guess that would be twenty year cycle. You're saying it's perfect time to come right back. First of all, it is that yeah. too. Yeah, but like I, no, I biscuit. I, yeah, but like a lot of those groups and a lot mm-hmm. of that music interpolated a lot of hip-hop elements to it yeah so i remember with butterfly mm-hmm. when i first started like listening to it, i was like okay i kind of like the melody there was a point in the bridge where there was a dj yeah yeah cutting and i was like yeah but not really yeah not really but <laughs> that was enough of that that was enough yeah. like in limp biscuit perfect example like you had the rolling hip-hop remix mm-hmm. you had the rolling rock remix like even kid rock at a certain point in time before he went all yeah, Detroit yeah. Republic, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, you know, like there was, there was, there was. It's, I don't know. It, it seemed like, it seemed like the people who were making the moves in the music industry at the time saw what hip hop was doing, yeah, and tried to find ways to bring that into the music on that side. But that served as a bridge for me to really be into that. So like, some I was a huge Sum Forty One fan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the biscuit, the Ludacris remix. From some forty-one. Which one? Is, what, what I is think it? that was a Green Lantern thing. No, it wasn't. No, it was an official. Oh right, yeah, it was yeah, official yeah. What, what, what for like get back. red light, red, red light. Oh, get back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know if I like knew that. Yeah, get back. Yeah. yeah. I okay. So yeah, oh, I, Benjamin's. Yes. Right. So, like, with the rock like that. remix. Yeah. yeah. So that so, was a bad. Uh, no, no, no I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying it was that time. It was yeah. that time. So like, I remember, you know. That might have been my first foray into. Oh. You, you couldn't be around the hood and just be like, "Oh man, that fucking butterfly, <laughs> yeah, wow, crazy town is fucking kicking, dog." Like, or 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 even Lip Biscuit for that aspect. Like, you kind of had in to your let vapes. somebody. <laughs> my fucking vapes. <laughs> fuck was I thinking? Like, you kind of had to let somebody find that on their own and be like, "Hey, this shit ain't that bad." Yeah. Um. But that was my first exploration into like quote unquote like white people music. Like, but I remember that was around the time where I first learned about like Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. Um. And like that otherworldly type of music that I could not, I didn't know what the fuck Daft Punk yeah. was, but I was like, this shit is hard. Like, you know, and I mean, it, it kind of like that, that era of, I guess, me finding music in like the 98, 99s, 2000s, then led me into like finding like Pharrell and Chad, right. Neptunes. So it's, it's real easy for us in 2020 to look at Corey and say like, oh yeah, no, I see the straight line of you getting into music when you're a kid mm-hmm. to now you being one of the most in-demand DJs in New York City. I appreciate that. And by the way, we're not the only ones who see that. <laughs> I appreciate There's so that. many people who see that. Shout out to Jinx, by the way, who said that my on, dog. On, on his podcast That's here. my dog, man. Um, it's easy to see that line. Yeah. But you didn't get into music like that. No. So did you try your hand at Never. any of that? I think... I think While for, you were in high school. No, like for me, um, I'm not going to... like So like... I always had this thing. I was a typical kid in the sense of like I would try shit, and if it wasn't easy, I wouldn't do it no more. And you know, I, I remember doing that shit with karate. I swore I was gonna be fucking Chuck Norris's little homie in like Sidekicks too. Like, I, like first of all, Sidekicks one, awesome, spectacular <laughs> fucking film. We should watch it for two Jews, two black. Yo, please, yo, I just want to sit in and listen to y'all analyze Sidekicks one. Please do that shit. But like, I, you know, it was like, yeah, I thought I was like, oh, you know what? I watch sidekicks. Uh, I see Mad Bruce Lee movies. I want to do karate, become a ninja. Totally did not understand the correlation. The minute I go, you know, like my parents like support me. My parents are always supportive and shit. So if I tell them I want to do something, we would go to the store, buy all the gear. I'm fucking geared up, feeling like Ken and Ryu and shit. The minute I got hit. I got hit by one of those like bamboo sword things. Like if you watch wrestling back in the yeah. day, like ECW, the shit Sandman used to have. 
I got hit with one of them shits in like my Achilles. Oh yeah, fuck karate. I said I'm not doing this shit. No fucking more. That's a true story too. But like, I was a kid that yeah, I would try. I would want to try shit. I would go to my parents, beg them to try it. They would let me like they would invest, and then if it got hard, I wouldn't do it no more. And I always wow, you're such a millennial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I guess I always just looked at DJing way more subconsciously back then. That like you know what, DJing isn't something that I can do that with. I, I, I've realized the importance very, very early of DJing to my father that is is past a job. And I always saw that with him. Like even if I didn't necessarily know how to um explain it, you know, I always saw that DJing was like his life's passion. Like mm-hmm. DJing was something that he fell in love with. Like he loved like DJing was a driving spirit for him to wake up every day. And you know, DJing was what allowed him to do you know various different things and you know touch various different aspects of you know music culture and music whether it's producing whether it's you know publishing and like having a publishing company and stuff like that so I think I always just subconsciously and somewhat consciously was just like you know what if I want to DJ I need to make sure that this is something that I want to do yeah and that's the only time I'll do it like my entire life, like I remember, um, and I and I also felt like I had certain, like yeah, I always used to laugh and joke and say that music skipped me, like the idea of performing music skipped me because, obviously, my father is my father, um, and my little brother is an amazing rapper, like to the point that I didn't I didn't really realize that because you look at your younger siblings, it's like oh you have younger siblings, and then like, I heard some of his music and I was like who the fuck is this and he's hmm. like you do realize this is Amir, right? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, first of all, the whole story of my little brother, because my little brother, um, we have different mothers, and he used to live in L.A. I, I found out he was on a fucking Disney show. Like, he was on the he was on the Girl Meets World, like the Boy Meets World spinoff. Oh, just now? Like, uh, like, like yeah. a couple years ago. Like, he was the main black character. Like, he had Tumblr fan pages dedicated to him. Like, to the point when I found this out, like, I, we went to go see him. We're talking in his room. He's like, I'm like, yo, like, I knew he did acting. So I'm like, yo, how's the acting shit going? He's like, oh, you know, it's cool. I'm on a show on Disney. And I'm like, you're on fucking Disney? <laughs> fucking man. Like, I'm not doing this out loud. And then he's like, yeah, man. I'm like, so what's the show? He's like, you know, something called Girl Meets World. Mind you, I fucking loved Boy Meets World. And I was like, like, the Boy Meets World's been off? And he's like, yeah. And he's mad. Like, if, you, if anyone knows my little brother, he's mad, like, chilling shit. So I'm like, are you serious? He goes on the computer and goes on Tumblr. And all you see is Zay Babineau Tumblr like tribute pages to the point that I tweeted it out like, yo, I just found out my little brother is on Girl Meets World. And mad people I know was like, Zay Babineau your little brother. <laughs> like, I love like my sister loves him. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you serious? But like, he's one of those people that is like, does he take it seriously? Absolutely. Mm. Acting, he takes. Act- no, like, I mean, like the that all these like tumblr pages like that's got to be like, oh, a lot for <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, he's he's always been a very um level-headed kid mm-hmm. and i saw that from when he was a kid yeah so like even him now like you know he's he's 20 he's 20 now um even him now you know he's just like yeah man you know whatever like, he's definitely like the whatever kid mm-hmm. but like he's an incredibly talented actor he's an incredibly talented rapper so for the longest time you know i always said music skipped me but i found it in other ways like the minute I stepped into college and I started going to like college parties, I started seeing like the idea of a host and like hosting the party and like the DJ would play the music, but the host does his thing in keeping the energy of the crowd up. And I was like, okay, this is something I think I can do. I hosted parties since I was 18. So 
you know, and hosting, I always say now, like, hosting also led me to DJing because through hosting, I then would meet so many good DJs. Like, you know, there was this guy, um, uh, uh, DJ, uh, DJ Omega back home in Philly. Um, he's like, he used to DJ fight Wale and shit now. Mm. I used to host parties at Temple with him. Um, DJ Mont was a guy in Temple I used to host parties with. Uh, you know, the guys at Lincoln who used to come up ever so often, but like even moving forward, like, you know, we have Mech Dot, mm-hmm. amazing DJ. Mike Spinelect, amazing DJ. Where's yeah. Nasty, amazing DJ. Um, OG Chase B, my dog, yeah. amazing DJ. So like hosting has always kept me in the loop of really, really dope DJs. And I think I learned a lot of that subconsciously through it. And there's a thing where it's like, all right, uh, you grow up with a, with a father who does one thing and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, they are a roofer and it's like are you going to go into that same trade you know is it like in your blood is it that whole thing did you get that when when people were like summertime comes on right (laughs) and they're just like oh where's Corey?" right uh well fucking well y'all did it for different reasons but y'all definitely remember y'all looked at me in the club when uh when um well when meek's thing came on that's yeah. different that's different <laughs> kind of but not really like it's the same association though like yeah. the same way you guys associated me like oh this record philly Corey. yeah like anytime some sort of jazzy jeff or fresh prince shit came yeah. on like yeah like if, if someone played the fresh prince theme song i would just see everybody in the club's eyes just like turn and look at me mm-hmm. um did you rise to that occasion where you like ever the guy who is like in west philadelphia yeah <laughs> i would i would never bandstand <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean you know for me it was just like mm, all right like i mean I, I think because i've dealt with being the child of a well i guess you could say a celebrity's kid being sure. a celebrity's kid for yeah. so long um you know you, you kind of learn how to maneuver in that like i kind of i kind of live i kind of have grown to live with like a certain level of like pr in a sense like you know because my my mother intentionally very much had me like around and outside i wasn't some rich kid yeah i never carried myself as a rich kid like yeah i didn't have any needs you know when i was good i didn't have many wants but like you know i was a normal black kid growing up in Philly you know it's just that like yeah my dad did some extraordinary shit and you know if someone meets you you know it, it will always be the same thing like oh yeah his dad's Jazzy Jeff because I was never the type to say my dad was Jazzy sure. Jeff um but his dad's Jazzy Jeff oh I don't believe him he's lying oh wait he's telling the truth so are, is, is Will and Jeff still friends like are uh uh does he really get thrown out the house like some 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 it would just be like all these questions and just over the years I've always just been used to it so like the du dj aspect little question was always something that happened like why don't you dj or you know stuff like that i'm just like ah i was like yeah it skipped me i'll always just say it skipped me no sure and that provides some cover yeah for for yourself okay so there's there's the one thing where it's like there's the expectations to do it and then there's the other side where it's like yo that's him Mm -hmm. i'm my own person and i'm gonna do something like not even what you expect me to do it's just me yeah and I, I that i definitely got that i started getting that um Karate. towards my oh, yeah, yeah yep <laughs> i started getting that towards the, the, the towards the end of my time living in philly um you know i mentioned i mentioned my man gianni lee uh me and gianni along with two other other friends mark and aaron we started a clothing line called babylon cartel that was pretty much around the time i met y'all yep um and like you know the clothing line was very very popular in philly we were starting to really make strides in like the college scene and stuff like that and like 
during the the creation of the blog era, like our blog was pretty popular. Um, so we kind of, you know, I think we were very much ahead of our time in that way of like understanding marketing to our demographic. Um, we met uh, someone who was like a big wig at Live Nation Philly um, at a mentor of ours 40th birthday party. And, you know, he kind of told him, or she kind of told her like, yeah, these, these kids run the shit. And they were like, oh, okay, well, let's like, you know, come in for a meeting. We don't know what the fucking meeting is. Like, what is this? And we basically parlayed it to like, we would we did a lot of marketing in like the early 2010s for a lot of Live Nation events. So, you know, for me, I always saw myself getting into content before I knew what content was. So like, I always saw myself, you know, being on someone's complex, you know, mm-hmm. being on Karma Loop TV. Like that was like a big time goal for me, like shit like that. Um, could any of this been like done in Philly or were you like, yo, I have to it, go up 95? You could, but it's to an extent. Like I, I felt, I definitely felt like I reached my ceiling there because it like, it kind of like foreshadowing, like for me, it was a thing where I was like, okay, don't pay me. You don't have to pay me to, you know, cause I will host the concerts and stuff like that. You don't got to pay me for this shit. Just give me 15 minutes with the artist. Mm-hmm. Let me interview them. That's it. So like, you know, I, I, I hosted, ASAP, the ASAP Mob's first concert in Philly, and I have a crazy like the ASAP story I have with them is crazy. Um, you can tell it. Long story short, like I hosted the concert. Uh, I worked in my day job was at the Apple Store, so I worked at the Apple Store on Walnut Street. Hosted the concert at the TLA that night. Concert was crazy. The next day, I come into work, clocking in at like noon, and like Walnut Street is especially at that time. It was a weekday. It's normally pretty quiet. You normally get like you know, white folks, nannies someone coming in because they don't know their Apple ID, like <laughs> shit like that, um, in the store. And I remember walking to the front of the store and I see like a whole bunch of like black dudes wearing all black. <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck is going on? And like, as I walk to the front to kind of like check in, all I hear is, hey, yo, I know that's not blood <laughs> from yesterday. <laughs> and I turn and I look and it's Rocky. <laughs> so I'm like, mind you, we didn't have that much like communication, nothing in yeah. the concert. I'm like, oh shit. So my coworker was helping him, like this coolest white guy. He has no idea. It might have been like my like third week at Apple. He has no idea who Rocky is. So he's <laughs> so like, he's, not a genius. he's like, he was not a genius. Yeah. <laughs> he was not. That's <laughs> funny as shit. <laughs> he was not a genius. So like he's like he's like oh like Corey is this like your friend? So Rocky, if you know Rocky, he's like hey bro bro. He's like this my man. You think that like you know he can help me out? I don't know if y'all work on commission. He's like oh no no worries. Like Corey help him. <laughs> I'm fucking stuck because I'm like, what the fuck? So, like, I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, yo, Brody. He's like, what's up? He's like, yo, you working here? I was like, yeah. Like, and it's wild. Like, I helped, I helped rock for like an hour and a half with phones. I remember we talked about mad shit. Um, that was the first time that I met Yams. Yams kept, Yams kept, he was, <laughs> Yams, Yams came up because any, anybody that came in, like, it's like each member of the mob kind of came in. So, Ferg came in. <laughs> And he's like, yo, this homie from yesterday. He's like, oh, shit. I <laughs> yeah. met him. And knew it happened the same way. So Yams came and he's like, yo, remember from yesterday? He was like, oh, big homie. He's like, my big man was on stage wilding. He was like, yo, I know y'all got the phones in the back. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just yeah. like, like, yo, that's my favorite. That's my favorite Yams memory. Um, I like I, I like the idea of you like dapping up everyone as they come in, like yeah. enough to where you do the like the same like yeah. yeah. Like it was like it was but you know, even like, you know, and it's sad, man. Like I remember me, Rocky and Jay Scott had a long conversation. I remember they were getting ready to uh they were getting ready to go to Atlanta for the first time. And 
you know, they were just so excited. Like, yo, it's our first time going to Twin Atlantis. I know they got all the big butt bitches down there. <laughs> and they were just so, but I remember them two in particular, like, you know, even talking to Jay, you know, he was like, yo, bro, I don't think you understand. Like, we always wanted to work in the Apple store. Him and Rocky say, we always wanted to work in the Apple store. Like, and I'm like, what, dog, why? He's like, yo, it'd be so many bitches in here. <laughs> and like, I know, he's like, yo, you a jiggy nigga, so I know you'd be like, <laughs> and I'm just like, do you want to switch? Like, yeah, you can, like, you can have my shift today, bro. Yeah, I go like, to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah like the big, you know. And it's funny because, like, like again, all of my white coworkers have no idea who they are. Yeah, all of my black coworkers is like, who the fuck did we just hire? That he's basically chopping it up with the entire ASAP mob at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, yeah, man, you know it's sad. You know, RIP Yams yeah. and, and Jay, man. Like, you know. Uh, they were really great people that when you kind of came across them and stuff like that, you kind of had those interactions. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, that was kind of like my early career in Philly. Like, you know, I was the first person to ever interview Kendrick in Philly. Um, was that for your site? Yeah, it was all for my site. Uh, it's funny because like they did, Jack Daniels has this thing called Arts, Beats, and Lyrics. And I think they still have it. And they actually had Kendrick as one of them. I think he might've just gotten the freshman cover um nod or whatever and schoolboy q was his hype man and i never forget it like kendrick had a white airbrush t-shirt on and whatever it was on the shirt was in red like airbrush and schoolboy had the same joint but it was in blue mm-hmm. so i remember like as they got popping obviously we all know like yeah. you know schoolboy's affiliation i right. never kind of forgot that but i remember the noisy thing came out of just like how you know kendrick's allegiance not allegiance but like you know all of his friends you know were on that side, I was yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. How much did the uh, HBO show How to Make It in America mean to you? Changed my life. Um, changed my life and changed my life from Apple. Like, you know, Apple, I mean, if, I don't know if it's still like that at Apple, but, like, you know, they have break rooms and, like, they have mad entertainment. Like, we used to have, like, an Xbox down there. Hmm. Um, it's mad computers that you can just kind of, like, chill and whatever, eat lunch. And the, I remember, The crazy thing is they're all Dells. <laughs> yes. They're all slow as shit. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, man, I remember um, I remember one of my coworkers was watching an episode of How to Make it in America in the break room. And I was like, yo, what's that? And he was like, oh, man, it's a show called How to Make it in America. This shit crazy. Like, like you know, it's these guys in New York and they have this denim line and da-da-da. Like, yo, you really fuck with it. And I was just like, huh, all right. And I remember I went home and you know it was me and my girlfriend at the time we were living together and i put on an episode i binged an entire season in one night you saw yourself in it i was just like yo like if not for because i mean for me it struck on mad different notes it struck on the notes of like someone who you know is trying to make a clothing line happen it, it struck on the notes of like just the creative differences between you know cam and uh Ben, like Cam and Ben, like just to create, like they wanted the same goal, but like they wanted to go about things the same way. I was experiencing a lot of that within my own business. Um, you know, just like the spon- the spontaneity of just how life works for them, whether it's different opportunities and meeting someone and taking a meeting um, that could potentially change your life. Like, you know, the wild shit, like socially of just like, yo, I'm at a party and like I meet this girl and like we make out, but then like she ends up like, fucking a dude who's like waited it out like that didn't happen to me per se <laughs> wait, but like waited an hour no remember so like i think it might have been like the first episode like oh. ben <laughs> ben had ben had broke up with his girl they had went to a party with the like the the 
chick with the pixie hair, she was on the OC. She was actually fine. I'm not gonna lie. I remember seeing her, I was like, oh yeah, they got her in here. She fine as shit. But like Ben swore he had it in with Shorty. Mm-hmm. So like he's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm staying here for the rest of the night. I'm good. And it was this one guy that he felt he didn't know if he was gay or straight. But he was waiting around. Like kind of like, yo, we the last two dudes in here in the crib. Everybody else left. Like he's kind of hitting him with the yo fam, like <laughs> Time for you to get the fuck out of here. Like, and and I think she went to go walk him out. Oh, that's a bad joint. Yeah, he went to she went to go walk him out. And Ben is kind of sitting on the couch, like, ah, it's, it's me, your boy. And he noticed that like she was taking mad long. And he walked to the door and like dude was like making out with Shorty like at the door. He just kind of like picked up a Jameson bottle and like walked out. Mm. But even like just spontaneity, <laughs> spontaneity and shit like that. Like I remember just watching that show and I was just like, yo, this is essentially the life that I want to live. Not losing like that. Not taking yeah, that. No. Yeah, right, right, but yeah. like, I'm like, yo, like this is it. And I remember that was at a point in my life where I was really just kind of like looking at myself in totality, looking at myself in Philly and where I was in Philly. You know, I got to the point where, yeah, like I can basically interview any of these rising artists that I want. Um, I had gotten to the point where, you know, I could walk into certain buildings free of charge because they knew who I was. But I was just like, I feel like I'm a big fish in my home yeah, pond. It was easy. And I was like, at this point, like I, I was a huge, I'll even say somewhat of a disciple. I was a huge Maestro Nose disciple. So like. He kind of showed me what content was like between my uh Maestro Nose and Two Dope Boys, mm-hmm. showed me what the blog and the internet age and internet industry was like. Those was like my Bibles in a sense. So, like, for him to kind of see how featuring people and interviewing people and this entire idea of what content was before content really had a name literally took him around the world. I was like, okay, that's what I want, and I don't think staying in Philly will do that, yeah. So I think it put it put me on like a two year, a two year trek that basically manifested into me like okay I'm going to move to New York I want to yeah. move to New York I remember your conversations when you were thinking about moving to New York mm-hmm. and you would come visit fairly mm-hmm. regularly. Yep. What was it like to tell people, hey, like I'm going here, I'm leaving you all. Or um, did it did it did it feel at all that way? Like, it didn't really feel like that, just because I am from Philly, and Philly's two hours away. Right. So like, like when I but moved a world up, away though, but yeah. a world away. Um, when I moved up here, because it's well, fun. I, I will say not to cut you off. Yeah. Like there is a shift. Yeah. Because like 100%. even like when we came, like we're originally from Westchester, mm-hmm. and it was a big deal to for come y'all to down. move to the big city. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's only forty five minutes, and right. it's like you know, there's. Um, like you can't even like put a number on the number of like opportunities that there are here. Right. And mm-hmm. like what this 24 hour a day thing provides mm-hmm. and also like meeting like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Every that was night. a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, like it's, I always have a, I've always had the, the, the idea and the mantra of just good people going to find each other. Um, essentially how we found each other in a sense in the stolen car. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a story. That is a story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny as shit. That car was fucking <laughs> stolen. But no, I mean, I always just had an idea of like good people find each other. Um, and good people find each other organically. Uh, it's never a, it's never an instance of, you know, what can you do for me? It's always like kind of thing like, oh, yo, you're good folks. I'm good folks. And it may actually be to a point where it's like you don't even have that conversation, not necessarily until it's too late, but you'd be like, yo, we should have been had a conversation about how like we're already good people. Like, 
or we're already good with each other. Like, how can we make money together? Type yeah. shit. Um, but no, I mean, like, you know, Philly's only two, is, is, it is only two hours away, but it is a world away. Um, I remember when I did move up here, I moved up here because I got a job at uh, an advertising agency translation. I was a copywriter. And I moved and didn't tell anybody. Like, I remember I got I got my offer um, from translation. I was still working at Apple, and you know, um, one of my one of my really really close friends, my frat brother, my man John Petty, uh, JP was working at translation. He kind of vouched for me, but he kind of also told me the real deal as to what like how I was getting hired. They just were deciding between me and this girl, and the girl was like, she needed two weeks basically to quit her job and move there. Mm. So they were only hiring me for two weeks. So it was kind of like, hey, we're giving you this job offer, but it's a two week trial. If it don't work out, tough shit, I'm sorry. Because they were only hiring me to get two weeks of work until this other girl they were gonna hire comes into town. But if you did a good enough job, then- I stay. Then what happens to her? No, she got hired too. Like she was getting hired regardless. For me, it was just like a. This just seems like a bad hiring practice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, you know, shout out to the relation, man. <laughs> but, but but if you but if you do this two week trial, if as, you do this as far as you trial, saw, as far as I saw, you're not gonna tell people that you're making this move permanently. Right. So for me, it was kind of just like I remember I, I came up here, I stayed. Um, shout out to my man Rory and Mike. You know, y'all know Rory. Um, you know, good brothers of the bond, man. You know, they let me crash on their couch. They were just like, yo, come up here. I told them what it was. They was like, yo, like, of course. I was staying in Jersey City with them at the time. Um, you know, and I remember the work they had me on at Translation in the beginning was like mad, like Bud Light shit. Like I was working a lot of the marketing stuff for like all the like La Marita campaigns and mm -hmm. stuff. And I was doing okay. And I remember maybe with like three days left in my two weeks, um, the team who was working on State Farm came to me and was like, yo, you know, do you like basketball? And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm a 20 something black man in America. Of course I like basketball. He's like, do you understand basketball and basketball culture? And I'm like, yeah. They was like, we need somebody to run State Farm's uh, copywriting, but we need someone to run the digital arm of like the Cliff Paul campaign. So do you think you could be Cliff Paul? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I was Cliff Paul. I was Cliff Paul for about maybe like, what eight nine months? Like I handle all the digital forum, um, all the voice, like, like the tone of voice, yeah. all of Twitter. Instagram, Who did you base the shit. voice off of? So I, it's funny you asked that. I wanted, I wanted, my main goal when running Cliff Paul was Not I to want get fired. people to think that <laughs> yes, no, but I still got fired. <laughs> still got fired. I got laid off like that. I mean that, that that's the advertising game if anybody knows yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know that's the that's the real life winking a gun. Hey man, you're good at your job, but you know we just hired a new creative director or two new creative directors and yeah, new they want to bring in their new people. Yeah. So fuck you. Sorry. Right, right. Um, but great work though. Like, yeah, but yeah. like no, like so I wanted my main goal with running Cliff Paul was that I wanted people to be so confused that a corporate account was running this day. It's like, yo, he may be a real person. Like, Chris Paul really may have a twin that mm. is a State Farm agent and his assistant shit. Like, and I, I would go to the team with ideas of like, yo, we need to like bring in real life shit and talk about real life shit, which was always kind of difficult because like you had a content calendar, you had to get shit approved by clients, so on and so forth. Like, I remember I had Cliff Paul tweet about, um, not blank face, what was the schoolboy album before Blank Face? Uh, uh, Tribulations? Oxymoron. Oxymoron, yeah. yeah. I had Cliff Paul tweet about Oxymoron. That's dope. Like, like, yo, this this schoolboy Q, this schoolboy Q uh album is crazy. And yo, I remember Cliff he Paul retweeted it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Excuse me. I remember Cliff Paul. I mean, I remember Schoolboy retweeted it like that's hard, cuz like, and I remember it was such a big win for the department. Yeah, because they were just like, oh man, like we never would have thought that. Like, I remember I had to run the Cliff Paul shit during the whole Donald Sterling incident. Oh wow, yeah. and and that was might have been like one of my first real like stand tall and what we believe type shit. Because like me and the entire team that I was working with. You know, we were all just like, yo, we can't be mama's the word on this. Like at the time, you know, Cliff Paul, I mean, Chris Paul was um, MBPA president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, they were kind of banking on him to make a statement, you know, and they were just like, I remember our bosses were like the client, our bosses was just like, yo, like, we're not saying nothing. And I'm like, that'd be bad for us if we don't say anything. Like, we yeah. need to say something that isn't going to rile people up, but is something that is enough that we lean into Chris. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we met. We, we were met with some initial feedback. We all thought we were gonna lose our fucking jobs. Um, well, did but you have to like, run that by like we had to him? run that by everybody? Like yeah, from the higher ups of our company to you know it's Steve Stout's agency. So through yeah. Steve, yeah, State Farm client, you know, and if anybody works at advertising, you know, client is like the the final boss at the end of the level. <laughs> like you had to run it past everyone, and we actually like posted something that was basically like, yo, we stand by Chris. And the rest of the players and whatever, whatever. And I think that got clippings where it's like, yo, this campaign yeah. is showing real life shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Two things. One yeah. is that uh, I like how you were the voice of Cliff Paul. Mm -hmm. And now today, Alfonso Rivera. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I saw, I saw a screen grab. Mm-hmm. Of like this very badly placed wig or like something. <laughs> the cap. Bro, I'm like, dog, they yeah. couldn't hook Al up with the ombre on the fade. <laughs> like, but wasn't that the point though? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I get it. Point number two, those Cliff Paul Jordans were not it. Right. Okay. <laughs> so let me tell they you, weren't. Eric they and they I, they, so were. <laughs> they were so ugly and Eric and I were so broke at that point. Oh, and translation sent over a couple of pairs. We, and we like, flipped, flipped them shit. so quick, <laughs> so quick, so quick, you know, like, you I, I think, that's a banger. Yeah. I think, to, I think to myself often, if, if I watch full size run, I'm like, if we were ever on there and just like, Hey, have you ever resold sneakers? have been like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's trying to make rent. Like, I know what the God, fuck. Yes. Funny. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, no, I would never sell shoes. Fuck and yes. By the way, got like a good amount amount for them a, a, a decent amount decent really amount. Yeah. yeah decent amount. yeah no it was just was trash i think we yeah. expected more oh um, no they were 200 or something i don't know it was it was it was something it paid rent it paid it, it, it well it, something it, yeah <laughs> um but so, no yeah like so you so you you have these jobs as far as we've known you yeah. in advertising you worked um editorial editorial you were writing 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 yep. right as far as we knew you were a writer yep and then, and, and, you know, occasionally, still am. And, yeah, yeah. But, like, but, but I, would, I would love to write more, but we yeah, would see am. you out there and you'd be hosting, right? Yeah. Like you're on the mic and you're at all these clubs and we would see you out and you were part of the scene, the whole thing. I think that we were of that mindset. We were like, oh yeah, no, that's, that's Corey's angle. Mm -hmm. He's not going to get into DJing. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago. Mm -hmm. You, you you would dabble, right? Mm -mm. Maybe. Not even. Not no. even. Um, you drove we, right in. Well, we saw you with like kinfolk and stuff. Yeah. Later. But, yeah, later. And But even then, that would be hosting. Like, I started DJing, man, honestly. Um, you didn't have a job at the time, right? Yeah, no. So, like, like for me, you know, kind of like what you said, I bounced in between, you know, the ad world and I bounced in between um, editorial, right? And 
I was at an editorial job. Uh, I was working at Interactive One and I got poached and I went to a marketing agency. Yep. And the agency is ran by like, you know, a group some of people, people some yeah. people, but like it's it's funded by like a very some, very some person. big person. <laughs> um Cliff Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was Cliff Paul's <laughs> But no, so I mean it was but it was ran it was ran by it was it was funded and bankrolled and, and it was molded in the, the, the lens of a very, very prominent person. Yep. And by all intents and purposes it was a secret agency. Mum was the word. It's almost like you only know about us through word of mouth. Um that was that. And I, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I, I really didn't get a fair shake there. Um, you know, I was only there for like nine weeks, and it was such a big step for me. Um, big step in career-wise, big step in clientele, big step in my work, big step in, in money. Like the salary I was bringing in, I just like saved mad bread and moved into, you know, our new crib, you know, that I'm still in and stuff like that. So I remember my life was on a very big upswing. Um and then, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if, if anybody's out there has ever worked at a job where you kind of feel like you're on a mud hill and, like, the, the higher you try, the harder you try to climb, it's like, bro, there's nothing you can do to stop the wave. It was pretty much like that. And, you know, they called me one day. I remember, like, the week before, they pounded me with work. Like, and that's one of the things that I kind of, like, I don't like about the corporate work system in the sense of, like, you know, yeah, like, they don't really owe you shit. Uh, but there's some levels of, like, there should be some levels of like kind of like decency. Like I, I do feel like a lot of my ideas, they knew I was a very good idea person. So like thinking out of the box, you know, tapping into, you know, just experiences that I've had and stuff like that. Um, and even for real, for like, you know, what I like to call friendship capital, like a lot of people that I would see on these decks and a lot of people that I would see as target influencers and friends of the program and all this stuff. Like I'm like, yo, like I have the number on my phone. Like I can like, I can call them. You know what I'm saying? And not be like a huge ask. And I know that's not everything, but I think that was a very big part of like what I contributed. And a lot of ideas that I gave in that last week, I saw come to like fruition. And I won't ever say it was me and just, just me, but I'm just like, damn dog, I remember writing that in the deck. You know what I'm saying? And you know, they basically told me like, yo, you know, I've been laid off before, but like, it's different to be laid off and say like, yo, you, you don't cut it here. And I've never heard that before. Like, for me, it's kind of like, ah, if, it's a, if it don't shake out, I don't shake. But, like, to hear, like, yo, you don't cut what we're doing here. And that may have been the truth to them. I never heard that before. And I think I took that very hard. And, you know, it was a point. It was at a point where I kind of felt like I was, I was, I had to find something new. I had to find a new job and just, like, looking. And, you know, obviously people out there have been, you know, you've looked for jobs before. Looking for jobs is a job in itself. And, like, that shit just stressed me out. Like it caused, you know, anxiety and just yep. like, you know, I went through a very, very severe bout of depression, um, you know, and then it's kind of like, I was at a point in my life where it's like, I needed, I always wanted to count on that one break. Oh, just like, I, all I need is this one chance yeah. to do this and whatever. And there's like a ground floor. And, and it's, and yeah. it's like the ground floor. And it's like, I remember I, I, I remember I was, I was in the running for a job at a major streaming platform. I would later find out over 10,000 people applied. I made it to the last three. And I remember I found out that I didn't get the job in an interview with another job. And my my mood completely shifted. And that me, I'm like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Like, but I remember that shit like crushed me. Like to the point I was just like, bro, like, you know, I I went through a very, very dark time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I mean, and, and things happen for a reason. You know, I ended up getting, you know, a job at a music distribution label based out of L.A. That was good for me for about six months. You know, at the top of last year, I kind of saw the bullshit that they were on and the right ones on the wall. But I have been here before, so I knew how to prepare for it better. Um, and a conversation I had with my dad in 2018 when I first told him I wanted to learn how to DJ. Like I was asking him, I was at his house. I was asking him mad questions and asking him specifically, like, so what do you feel? Like, you know, my dad's a true OG. So I'm like, what do you feel about people who DJ on like controllers? And he's like, yo, it's cool. Like, he's like, you can really do, you can get a lot of shit off on that. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I prefer, you know, you know, wax and turntables and stuff like that, but you can do it. And I'm asking mad questions. He stops me. He's like, do you want to know how to DJ? <laughs> and I remember I like, I hesitated and I was like, because a lot of me was like, yo, I want to learn how to DJ, but I want to learn on my own. Like, I would I would practice shit with Mecca at his crib, but it wasn't consistent. Yeah. Um, But I was like, I want to learn, but I want to, like, kind of pop out and be like, dad, look like DJ now. Like, so I didn't almost tell him. And I was like, man, no, fuck that. Because I realized the pressure that I would put on me, I would be putting on myself. So I was like, yeah, I do want to learn how to DJ. He was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And if anyone knows my dad, this is some very Jeffrey Town shit. <laughs> He got up, we're in the studio, we're in his studio at, at the house. He gets up, he goes into the other room, comes back in the room with a box. And I'm like, the fuck is that? He hands me a DJ controller that he just has there. He's like, here. He's like, give me your computer. I'll, I'll put Serato on your computer right now. Serato's the, the, uh, the major DJ software. And I was like, you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I was just like, okay. But there was no instruction. There's no like, I'm about to teach you shit. We didn't get on the tables in that moment. It was just like, here. And I had that, I had my controller for like eight months. Or no, I'm like, I had that shit in August. So from August to January, I had that shit. I remember I took it out of the box one day. I, it was so intimidating trying to learn all the buttons and just shit like that. I put that shit back in the box. I didn't touch it till January. And that's that karate mentality. I was just like, yeah, yeah fuck that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, fuck this. And I remember in January of last year, um, you know, I, I was calling myself, you know, trying to like take a lot more ownership of my life in the sense of like, you know, career-wise. So, like, you know, yeah, my, the job that I was working at, that label, was starting to be on Funny Time. So, I'm like, you know, I'm going to start doing consulting. I started getting into, like, editorial consulting. I started getting back into writing, in a sense. Like, I was starting to do things to kind of bring money in. And because because the company was based in L.A., my emails really started kicking off around, like, noon, our time, because I was still here. So, from 9 to 12... I'd be straight. You know what I'm saying? I always wake up around 7, 30, 8 o'clock any day, every day anyway. So I'd, I'd be fucking around, playing 2K, watching Sports Center, whatever. And one of my best friends, my man, Kenny St. George. Kenny is from Philly as well. And like, if you know me, a lot of my homies are from Philly. And a lot of my homies are from Philly and they moved up here. And they like trying to move up here. Like we all kind of had the same dream in a sense. We've all kind of like helped out and reached out to each other. And like, you know, we have a crew. It's called Homage. We always pay homage to each other. And, you know, Kenny was crashing on my couch because he's a photographer. He's really, he was really trying to break into being a photographer up here. And he was crashing on our couch at the time. So, like, you know, me being unemployed, my other two roommates, Chris and Rob, would go to work. And it would just be me and Kenny. And I remember one day Kenny's like, Kenny said to me, he's like, yo, man, like, you, you fucking around. Like, what's up with you? And I didn't know where it came from. Like, what do you mean? He's like, dog, like, you, you talking all this shit about... You want to be a consultant. You're talking all this shit about, like, you want to do all these things. But, like, I be in here, bro, and I be watching you. Like, you wake up and, like, turn on Sports Center, watch the same highlights every hour. Like, you play 2K. Like, what the fuck is that doing for you? Like, you say you want to learn how to DJ. Like, 
fuck is you doing? And it really was the kick in the ass that I needed. Did you get defensive? Yeah. Like how I did, mean, yeah, like like well, how did you take- initially, I mean, I was kind of just like like almost on the sense of like what stance do you have right to come at me like that? But then as he's saying, I'm like, "Damn, man, you're kind of fucking right." Like, you know, and it was kind of like, "All right, I know it came from a place of love." Um and it re- it kind of shook my shit up. It was like, "All right, you know what? I do need to be more direct and intentional with my time." Yeah. And um from that day, it might have been like maybe the second week of January. From the second week of January, at least until maybe April, until my birthday, April 11th, I practiced DJing at least an hour a day. I taught myself. Like, no YouTube videos, no asking people for lessons. Like, I was just me in my crib every day with my controller, with my music in my Serato, and like, for real, for real, if anyone has, I guess, taught themselves how to DJ, you kind of learn how to listen to music differently. I listen to music way differently than I did before I started DJing. Because now I'm listening to music almost in like a sonic sense of like, okay, yeah, this song is this, this song is, I'm not even thinking the song is good or bad, but you know what, these keys I hear, in it, or this, it's in this certain key, and it's in this BPM, damn, I think that song is the same BPM, maybe a different key, but if I can find a way to bridge these two records together, I think that's what sound like some shit. And I would do it. I'm like, oh shit. Like, and I've always, the funny thing is that like you asked me earlier, like would people be like, yo, do you DJ? I, it started getting to a point where I would go to parties and I would hear DJs play. And I would find myself saying, you know, if I was DJing, I would play this next. Mm. And they either probably would play it next. Right. Or or they would play something, play something else, wrong. and I'd be like, yeah, yeah that, that yeah. wasn't it, that yeah. wasn't it, G. Like, but like as I started, that happening started happening more and more and more, and I think that got me to the point where I was like, okay, I really want to start DJing because I want to DJ as a hobby. I want to DJ, you know, to be honest, almost like some Jinx shit. Yeah. Like, Jinx is good at so many things. Yeah, and he DJs like it's kind of like a creative release form. So I was just like, you know what, man, like. I kind of want to get in some shit like that. Like, uh, you know, I DJ my little Brooklyn bar every once in a while. I had no idea it would be a job for me or be a career of mine. But, like, as I taught myself, I started, like, I've never fallen in love with something like I fell in love with DJing. DJing became something that was my everyday moment I wake up, minute I go to sleep. I could be hearing, I could be, you know, doing something, hear a record, write it in my phone, like, oh, I need that. Or like hear something like yo, I think that will go into this. It's, it it turned my brain into some other shit, and then for me it was just a thing of just like I had it mentally. I had to find a way to do it with my hands, and in it, it took practice. And I did that shit for like three months. And I remember my first gig, my homegirl Tony. She was like, yo, I'm DJing at at Bevon Cocktail. Um, and it just so happened to be on my birthday. She was like, do you want to DJ with me? And I would say, sure. But I said, sure, without being sure. Like, I never DJ in front of people. I might DJ in the crib. And, like, you know, I, I would have it so that if, if Cats is working in the crib and I'm playing music, I would do something. And I would see, like, their heads kind of perk up. Like, like, yo, that was kind of tight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I would, I would see it. I wouldn't acknowledge that I saw it. But I'd be like, okay, I'm doing something all right, good. Like, shit like that. And I remember the night of my gig, the night of my gig, I had a fucking panic attack. Like, I'm looking for the stuff. I'm looking for my controller and, like, all my equipment and shit. 
and Kenny was in there again, and I, I just remember I couldn't breathe, and I was just like, I was like, yo, fuck, I was like, Kenny, I don't know if I could do this, dog, and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, bro, like, I don't know if I could do this shit, man, he's like, yo, you good, it's like, it's like DJing in the crib, like, you'll be fine, and for that to be my first gig, it taught me a lot about DJing, because, you know, at the time, I was using, uh, I was using like an adapter that you could, I have a newer MacBook, so I was using an adapter and plugging the cords from the controller to the computer, through the adapter to the computer. Remember these two big ass Haitian dudes, man. And the only reason why I say they were Haitian is because like they spoke like- um, Creole? Like strict Creole. <laughs> and like, if you ever go to Bedvine Cocktail in Brooklyn, like, it, like you know, we were playing like, kind of like West Indian music. They kept asking for soca music. Like, these two dudes kept dancing. They kept asking for Was it wise requests. and nod? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was fucking nod. <laughs> Um, no, they kept asking requests. And I remember that that was the first time I was like, yo, fuck requests. Like, don't ask me to play shit. Like, yeah. like essentially, this place booked me for a reason. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If I get there, I'm going to get there. You're going to enjoy it. If not, fuck it. Go play that shit in your car or in your Uber on the way home. I'm playing R. Kelly. I'm playing <laughs> Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson <laughs> Miley Cyrus, and fucking and Katy Perry. Perry. <laughs> but no, man, like, I remember um, they bumped, they bumped. The, the console that it was resting on mm. and the cord for my for my adapter broke. This is my first gig ever. It wouldn't it wouldn't load up to the controller. I'm freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Like I'm just like, yo, what the fuck am I gonna do? And I remember just feeling like a wave of like, okay, calm down. Figure this shit out. Mm. You're gonna be all right. Yeah, like, you can only do what you can do. You can only do what you're gonna do. I remember I got my homegirl's laptop. I start playing from her library. And like if you ever know a DJ DJ's libraries are like fucking thumbprints. Like yeah, yeah. Everybody has their shit organized in way different ways. Yeah. So I remember just kind of like str- kind of scrolling and going through the night. But like, you know, for, for my first joint, like, I think I did well. Yeah, and you survived it. And I survived it. Like, I remember on the Uber ride home, I ordered cords that went directly from my computer <laughs> mm. to the laptop. I was like, I'm never dealing with yeah. that shit again. I ordered the cords, and I think I ordered like a, like a, a DJ stand. For my laptop, for my laptop, or some shit like that. So we've seen you perform a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one time in particular okay. when you and Jinx were performing, not like maybe it's called back to back or whatever. Yep. But you, it was we like back to back. You guys were like weaving in and out, right? <laughs> yeah, man. And it was like it was something that I hadn't like experienced before. Just the 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 feeling. And I wrote you guys a text, right? And mm-hmm. I read this when we had Jinx on uh, in December as well. I said, guys, even though. I only caught the first couple hours of yesterday's event and wish I could have stayed for the rest. What I heard you guys playing individually and in tandem was outstanding. The vibe you guys created with moods, references, tempos, and taste level were beyond dope and beyond explana- uh, expectation. Super excited to see this party grow and you guys take your talents to levels not yet even imagined. And Eric, I how did Corey respond? Never responded. Never responded. I don't think I've ever got that from you, though. Yo, on, on, as Eric, God is my witness, Eric, put like a heart on it right now. Yeah, yeah, I will right Yo, now. Yo, yeah. please do, because yeah. I don't think I've oh, no, ever put a question mark. That. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's, that's peak. I sent the heart, but now, now, fuck that. <laughs> question mark instead. Yeah. Wait, Jinx is going to be. Like, I never. I yeah. Yo, it, <laughs> Jinx is going to catch a straight. Yo, it so literally. I never it. saw this. You I did get it. You did get it. Yo, I'm so sorry. Like. As you, like, By the way, that's the reason you're up here today. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Eric wanted to. you to answer for that. <laughs> no, for sure. No, I, I feel like I feel like shit. Because as you was reading it, I was like, Can I, just I tell don't you? remember seeing this from you. 
Clark Kent responds to my text. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. Enough mm. responds to my text. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern responds to my text. Jubilee. Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Um, so Super Sam. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of Megan DJs. Wright. Megan Wright. Sure. Yeah. Peter Rosenberg. No, well, is he a DJ? <laughs> he oh, has DJ. No, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Cypher Sounds. There's a lot of yeah. DJs who respond. Jinx. No, Jinx never responded to that either. Okay, I'm about to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't. But no, the, wow, man. <laughs> I just responded to the text just now. So like all this is null and void. But but I but I mean that and there's something special about the vibe that you guys create. Mm-hmm. Um because anybody can DJ. Anybody can download software. Mm-hmm. Anybody can there's yeah, there's software. DJ'd. We have DJ. <laughs> I need to hear you. No, guys I, no, you shit. have actually because uh, we were we did it we did uh, with the Clarence Clarence's shit? thing yeah, and man. we were because it was a Neptune's mm-hmm. and Timbaland some, set and we came up there and I played some Beanie Siegel and Timbaland shit I and you were like yeah, you're like Corey I do and Corey, that. Corey walks oh, up and he was like he was like Corey that's did. how I know you guys are real because that's, you played this right here that was that was that in the club or whatever yeah I remember that yeah you walked up you're like all right you're good you know. That's some shit. Like I don't, I don't know if they do them parties anymore. That's some shit I no. would want to do again. And but kill that. But a- anybody can DJ, right? But it yeah. does take a certain vibe, and I know the the term is so overused. But I, I know what you mean. But it's yeah. legit, and you have you have that, and and that's something more than like technique, and more than like all the the songs in your library can provide. Yeah. You can take Katy Perry and Michael Jackson and still make Oof. it. Understandable. <laughs> don't don't put me in that box. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I think that uh, I. So number one, I'm I'm really, and I'm I've realized this as I've as I've been DJing. I'm really not good with kind of like hearing like positive praise and shit like that. And it's something I'm really like working on. Yeah. I mean, I can give you some negative stuff. <laughs> I'll take that. Some yeah. things to work not on. Not on this fucking episode. Dude. I worked too damn hard to get my own damn episode. Not on that shit. Um, but no, man, like, I uh, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where it's kind of just like, it's a feeling, you know? And, you know, I'm, I still, I'm very, very new in this DJ and shit. Like, I just crossed a year of me just doing this period and like I even still have points where I'm just like what the fuck like this is I never saw this coming for me but as far as like the vibe you're talking about like if like there's so many things that you have to do as a DJ that I don't really don't think people understand you you have to pay attention to what you're doing physically you have to pay attention to what the crowd is and how the crowd is. Man. You have to maintain a certain level of like initial, I guess in the sense of the word integrity of like, I want to play shit that I'm playing or I want to play the shit that I want to play because what I, what, what, and I, for me, for me, me being a DJ now, I'll take a big part of that, of me being in New York the last seven years and me seeing DJs rise and fall. And rise and fall in the sense of like, yo, at one point they was the hot shit. And at some point, like they just like, yo, ain't nobody really checking for them no more. And I always wonder why. And I think a big part of that, and I think a big part of that, especially in DJing and probably in a major market like New York, is that a lot of times when DJs come up here from other places, they come as DJs from other places. You are such and such from LA. You are such and such from uh, Atlanta or Florida or Texas or whatever. You are these people. And then you come up to New York and you're the hot shit because you are that person. You still have that, like, you still have that individual sense of me. And then a lot of DJs up here kind of get, they just, they fall into what the crowd wants. 
they fall into what you know like kind of like oh i know this is going to ring off up here and i know this is going to do well and it, it, i think in a sense that you kind of lose that sense of individualism that you had that really made you stood out so for something for me i remember learning that off the rip like okay the shit i play i want to play that because i enjoy playing it but i always want to keep it's almost like, like, remember Frank Ocean when he built the room or built the staircase? Yeah. I always want to build forget? my <laughs> own loop, you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you want to build the metaphorical staircase? I always want to build my own metaphorical staircase where it's kind of like, if there's a certain point in time where I feel like I played a certain, like certain songs a lot when I'm out, or like, if I get to a point where I feel like me playing this song into another song is like a quote unquote like move, like mm. almost like a like a karate move or like mm-hmm. a move in a video game, I try to switch it mm-hmm. because I never want people to be like, oh, uh, I know if he plays right. the panties I, I, I don't want by most deaf, coming. I right. know he's gonna play black panties by R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Please, why does my episode gotta be the R. Kelly episode, man? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? Maybe that's your staircase. No, that's not. That is so not my staircase. Um, you don't. No, like, you don't want to play Ferg into G Easy. I mean, I could play Ferg into G Easy if that's some shit I never played. But I just, I just don't want to become predictable. I know what you're talking. About. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. They have and, the same beat. Yeah, yeah. And like. And, <laughs> so for me, it's kind of like, all right. I think my natural love of music. Um, my natural love for music and like just the music that I've been familiar with or even have learned about um, kind of helps me out a lot. Like I, I like it when I'm DJing places and I'm playing a certain genre of music and like people are like, what the fuck do you know about this? Like in the last maybe like six months, maybe like six to eight months, I've become really into like New Orleans bounce music. I've mm. never been to New Orleans, but like I'm actually going to New Orleans for the first time in like two weeks. Oh, awesome. Um, I've never been to New Orleans, but I always loved like the you know anybody who watched hip hop evolution like the New Orleans shit that we did get so I always yeah. had the Cash Money the the No Limits type shit I always liked that but learning about real bounce music you know and I'm a person that I, you know I love I love I love seeing people dance and have a good time so I love seeing women dance to bounce music anybody watches that you gonna love that shit too so I was like oh like this gets people going I want to do that so like I might go into like a four or five song bounce set. And I've had people be like, yo, like, what the, are you from New Orleans? And I'm like, nah, I'm from Philly. And that fucks people up. They're yeah, like, how yeah. the fuck do you know about yeah. this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you know, I remember a couple years ago, like, being really into, like, and learning about grime music. And learning, you know, like, obviously, like, you had, like, the Stormzy's and the Skeptas and stuff like that. But, like, you know, you had, you know, like, I remember the group, like, the Section uh, Section, section Boys. Boys. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. Section Boys. I, I, think, mm-hmm. I, I know that's not their name now. But I remember, like, yo, this shit, this shit was hard, dog. Like, and especially, you know, obviously with all things cultural, things always kind of come back around, whether it's a long loop or a short loop. Like now that New York drill is a thing, I could drop some section boy shit right yeah. now that will ring. No one will know what the fuck it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seema. Yeah. Who, who got, got the, the keys, keys to my bimma? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, it's shit like that. And like, yeah. yo, like even touching on that, like I like I've been blessed to be able to maybe not necessarily go out of the country a lot but no different people from like other places. So yeah. I, I got folks, you know, you guys know Q from Toronto. Like yeah. Q's my guy, Shout you know what I'm Q. saying? Like I have my homegirl, like, and I'm so proud of like her growth over the last couple of years. Like my homegirl, Tiffany Calver out yeah. London. Like oh. Tiff, Shout Tiff is Tiff. like, yeah, that's my, them. Corey, like yeah. that's, that's my <laughs> dog. Like, but like even just stuff like that. And, and it's less about, again, it's less about like knowing popping people because they're popping. It's like, I know good people because they're good people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like 
we're not like we're just we're good almost to the point where i'm like you know i don't even want to ask for some career i don't even want to put that into our relationship because we are we're just that but it's like i know if that does happen like it's never a hard ask because we're just we're good people yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying but even having those like ties to different places and stuff like that it kind of keeps your doors open for like what's new like you know i went to i went to nigeria um in december and that might have been one of to date might be one of my biggest like accomplishments in djing because you know my man uzo you know um you know uzo somebody that you know i met through some of my other friends like chris and them and we became really really close over the last like maybe like two and a half years and uzo's from philly um but you know like i think his dad his dad is nigerian and he like over the last couple of years he's really gotten familiar with his the nigerian side of his family and he would go to Nigeria and like come back and just be like, yo, Nigeria is it. Like almost like how Cameron was like, DC, Mitch, DC. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, yo, Nigeria is it. Lagos is it. Like the whole nine. And then in 2018, um, Uzo and Chris both went to Nigeria. And like, I remember the night, I think the night they landed, I was in New York. I was either up really early or I was up mad late. And they sent a, <laughs> they sent a picture to my phone of them in Nigeria with do-rags on and a mitt, like when I say a mitt, like a big ass stack of Nigerian Naira, like their money, like almost doing the money phone, yeah, like yeah, yeah. mood, like this is where we at. And from that moment, I was like, yo, I'm going to fucking Nigeria next year. And you did. And I did. And like, it's wild how kind of the story goes because when I taught myself how to DJ, I knew, not necessarily the easiest way, when I taught myself how to DJ, I wanted to learn knowing the music that I knew the best. And the music that I know the best is all of the shit from the Neptunes. Like, the Neptunes is the shit that I know the best from every, you know, even going back to, you know, how I first found out about the Neptunes. Like, my stepdad used to manage Philly's Most Wanted, and I had boxes of Philly's Most Wanted debut album in my crib, and I was like, who the fuck did all these beats? And then I come to find out they did the beat for Super Thug and, like, all this other shit. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> and that's how I first found out about Pharrell and Chad. Like, fast forward that to, um, you Him know, me. shouting you out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. Like, fast forward that to, like, me and my man Niles um, from, from the IE out west. You know, we met online. Us talking about our love for the Neptunes basically created this Neptune's discography of like a thousand plus songs of spanning their entire like shit. We've done a couple different iterations of that. That was kind of big for me to, you know, then yeah, actually <laughs> you like, you know, Pharrell reaching out to me and being like, yo, come to Complex Con. I want you, I want to meet you. And like the whole like him shouting me out shit, like that was just, you know, that whole section of my life, which is dealing with the Neptunes, have been very influential. Shout out so, to Scott like, Benner. Shout out, shout out, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, man, Corey Towns might need a lawyer. <laughs> That's always going to be funny to me. But no, like, so, like, you know, I taught myself how to DJ using Neptune's music because was, was, I knew the beats. I knew when the hooks come in. I knew when the verses come in on mad shit. So, like, my first ever mix was a Neptune's mix. And, like, I remember that's kind of how I introduced myself to the world of, like, yo, I'm learning how to DJ. This is my first, you know, thing. Check it out. And like people fucked with it, you know what I'm saying? Like shout out to Family Man. Family's one of my favorite rappers of all time. Yeah. And getting a co-sign from Family about that mix was one of the highest shits that I could Hell ever. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the second thing, the second genre of music that I really taught myself how to DJ was Afrobeat. So what I realized is that Afrobeat got popping in the states. We always heard the same like three records. Mm -hmm. It was always like uh, Fall, 
what was it, like DeVito's Fall, mm. um, My Money Fall on You, um, Joanna, mm-hmm. Drogba, mm-hmm. and like something else. That's the, all the DJs up here would play. Right. That's it. And I just remember being like, bro, like that's mad lazy. Like, it's lazy as shit. Like, I know it's other shit out here. Like, this yeah. is kind of before we started to see the rise of Burner. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, WizKid was, was popping, but only if you really were in that Afrobeat section. And, like, all these other artists. And I remember through Uzo, you know, he would tell me, like, yo, this shit is hot. This shit popping. This is popping. And I remember, I think, like, my second or third mix I did was, like, a, mostly, like, an all Afrobeat mix. And, you know, it's funny. You know, Uzo showed me a video that he took of me making that mix and it was in like April of last year and he just kept saying like yo watch when my boy goes to DJ in, in Nigeria man it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be crazy da, 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 da. and then I ended up getting a DJ gig in Nigeria when I went out there and like it was like Nigeria changed my life in a sense like it was a trip that you know I came back a different person you know just just to be able to you know I'm a kid from Southwest and you know even with all of everything that I have, you know, going on and like my family and stuff like that. I'm still a kid from Southwest. And I was like, yo, I'm really in Nigeria. Like I'm really in Lagos. Like we really out here in the KKs and like eating the Suya and shit. Like this shit is crazy. And I remember, um, shout out to my boys from PVO, you know, Positive Vibes Only, you know, they did the party out there and stuff. And they were, you know, my man Nas was very heavy. Like, yo, like bro, like if you want to DJ in Nigeria, I I can get you to DJ in Nigeria. And I remember I was setting up. It was at this uh, at this beach, like this like rooftop beach party type thing, and you kind of saw into the ocean. Um, I think it was the ocean. I'm pretty sure it was the ocean. You kind of <laughs> saw into the ocean. I don't I don't know the body yeah. of water that it was. Yeah, we was on the beach. You know the, the vibes. Set, you know the vibes. <laughs> positive vibes only. Um, it's positive vibes only. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember like yo, like just looking over like the party, and we're outside, and it's all white, and I see all these people, and I'm setting up, and I was just like, dog, like. I just started DJing in January and in December I'm DJing in Nigeria. Like this is some wild shit. And I mean, if not for nothing else, man, it just showed me like, you know, we're just with life, you know, we kind of go, we go through the motions of like trying to figure out what we, we've been taught and instructed of like doing what we got to do to survive, doing what we got to do to put, you know, food on our table and a roof over our heads and like, you know, that can mean a whole bunch of things that we think we like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure you guys had like different jobs and shit that you guys were like, oh yeah, this is it. I like doing this, this is it. When in all actuality, like when you find something that you love to do, you realize you mean like that shit. I still get job, like job postings and stuff for like social media manager and assistant editor and like stuff like that. And I love writing, like yeah. I love writing. Like I love writing almost as much as I love DJing. But like I look back at that shit and I'm like, bro, like I ain't, that shit didn't really didn't make me happy. I, I was just good at it. I was yeah. good at managing social media accounts for brands and shit like that. I don't yeah. like this shit. Um, but it really just showed me, like, oh, like, when you find something that you love to do, like, you know. Yeah. And that's the shit that wakes you up in the morning. Like, that's the thing that gets you going. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you'll, you're, you'll be willing to go through some, like, struggles initially. You know, because it's like, yo, like, you know what? I might be struggling for right now, but at least I have control over what I want to do and how I want to live. And, you know, the good times are going to come. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm blessed, man. You know, 2020 has started out, you know, obviously very rocky and weird for all of us. Yep. Um, but, you know, I mean, I have a lot of good things, I think, coming for 2020, and I'm excited to see where it goes and shit. And Yeah, it's been it's – it's been – 
pretty incredible to, to see, you know, and, and you, we've man. been we've been with you for a lot of that, you know, like you. whether it was uh, you and Jeff in a stolen car, in a stolen in Philly, car bro. or whether it was <laughs> like all of us in a section that we were not supposed to be in at the 4040 okay, Club. Okay, no, we, we have to tell or, that story. No, or, or if it was like, um, you know, like through the good times and the bad, you know, mm-hmm. just texting or seeing you out and everything. And I think you've you've lived quite a journey to this point and we're Thank excited you, for what's on the way all the invites and and you know what shout out to the invite boys invite boys, invite boys. and invite you know what boys. um you know you may not have stepped into your dad's shoes per se mm. but you've definitely stepped into those chris ball jordans you know what i'm saying <laughs> yo thanks so much Corey. Yo, thank y'all man um yeah man i do remember i remember when y'all called me i you know what i remember when i tweeted out when they meet drake shit was happening i was like yo <laughs> It's not enough Philly representation on this, <laughs> on this blog shit, dog. Yeah. Like, I need to we be on podcast. We need, a, we need a we need a Philly we need some Philly talk on this whole shit, man. I need that. Y'all called me. I remember being like, the wild thing is that like, I was hyped to see on a podcast. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Like, I remember y'all put me up. You, know, you put me on Bridget, shower Bridget, and like. I remember, like, I had homies back home. Like, that's the barometer of shit. When your homies back home, I'm like, dog, you, you did such and such. Like, they, I had homies call me, like, dog, you was on Instagram? And I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I sure was on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's popping. And I was just, I remember just being like, damn, I kind of wish I had, like, a like a real, <laughs> a real, I like the fact that I was in the shirt. I yeah. was in the shirt. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. in the, the collages and shit. I meant yep. to make sure I found myself. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, that's me. Yeah. But, um. No nah, man, you know, thank thank you guys. Like you guys, like you said, like even just through good times, bad, balanced, like you guys have always just been a great voice as a duo, but great voices individually of just you know, just like you know, finding the balance, you know what I'm saying, keeping the faith and stuff like that. And um, you know, I, I, I genuinely believe, like I said, I believe in the idea like you can kind of find good people. Even us kind of even that day, like I even remember. us. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. People yeah. find good, good people, but also no, no, yeah, no, no, even, no, yeah, not yeah. like that. I'm saying like even, even. <laughs> Yo, thanks, Corey. Thank y'all, man. Love y'all. Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's the Real Jeff. If you want to find out more about us, I'm Eric with the curly hair. You are Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's the Real. No apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's the Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on with us, Jeff, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. Go to our shop, go cop some merch. You can also sign up for our newsletter at itsthereal.com. Also, more pertinently, go sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash itsthereal. With that Patreon, by the way, comes gifts for you. So you can get shout outs, you can get shirts, you can get opportunities to actually sit on our couch while we record an episode of Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies of A Waste Time with It's The Real or whatever comes next. And remember... If you guys love those sketches of ours, go to youtube.com slash it's the real and watch some of them and then get ready for more. Cause we want to cross that second goal line. Jeff, who are we shouting out today? I want to shout out Devin Overstreet, Robert Dill, Shannon Johnson, Brian Kraft, Dave Dunn, DJ Cast, Ramon M, Jeremy Corellis, Sean, Felix Moya, Shiv Pandya, and Joss Biggins. Shout out to each and every one of you. Shout out to everybody who's listening here today. Go to patreon.com and keep this 
boat floating. Jeff, as always, not for real, for real. For sure. We'll see you guys next week. Right.